Wrestling Geeks Hello, everyone out there in the nation. It is your friend, Dane Alves, with another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a for new listeners weekly show that me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down wrestling news. Uh, We have a show during the week, usually, where we break down, break it down, uh, AEW, NXT, and (laughs) non Raw SmackDown related stuff, and then our weekend shows usually for SmackDown and Raw. Uh, but we didn't get a chance to have a show. We both had prior engagements during the week, so we're gonna have a jam-packed episode. We're gonna be talking, uh, you know, double or nothing. We're gonna be talking uh, Raw. We're gonna be talking about AEW Dynamite, NXT, and some lovely stuff from SmackDown last night that me and Chris are both extremely happy to talk about. Uh, but I've already said his name twice. You heard him giggle. Let me give it up for my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, man? Hey, man. I am doing great. Uh, I'm just sitting here drinking a Budweiser. Steve Weiser, as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say. How are you doing? Doing so great, you're on mute. It's awesome. We started this out right. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a mutton there is a mutton there is a button uh that mutes so if uh yeah if we have new listeners i promise this doesn't always happen just i don't know every two shows uh usually have an issue like this but anyways i'm doing great uh you know uh i mean i'm to be honest with you dude and to start off kind of just on an honest level um it's been pretty crazy, and I can't believe I have to keep on saying that about this year, since the beginning of 2020, with different things. But, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat or pretend that what happened with George Floyd didn't happen. Uh, you know, there was a young man whose life was taken from him uh, in a horrible, messed up situation in which a cop who got third-degree murder charges, which means that you know, he didn't mean to do this. I don't know how you don't mean to put your knee on someone's neck and they're telling you they can't breathe and just keep it on there until they're dead. But, you know, I, I'm sorry to start off deep. I'm not going to go into too big into this because I think that part of what we do, you know, like wrestling supposed to, unlike they did last night, it's supposed to be escapism. But I I, I mean, this is first my, my show and Chris's show. And two, this is just something bigger than that. There's been three very innocent people, all African-American, that have been taken from us, two with police involved, one with a past police officer involved. And I want to make a stance first and say I know there are, and I'm friends with, a lot of good police officers out there. We do – I think need to stop allowing the ignorant small minority to speak for the rest of the majority when it comes to anything, including the police. 
We need people to speak up. And people like this should not be getting into the force. And I mean, I just want to say that I'm with the family of George Floyd. My white ass might be, like I just said, white, but it doesn't matter. I'm here for humanity. And that was inhumane. And I have much love to everyone. So basically, just based on that, I'm going to give him 10 seconds and then I'm going to. Actually, I, I should let you you uh, talk first, Chris, before we go into that and for the uh, 10 second salute. Yeah, I would just say care for the people that you're around. Try to be a good person. This was a situation where being a good person was obviously ignored to some extent, um, which upsets me because I preach on this show. Try to be a good person. Be a heel in wrestling. Don't be a heel in real life. And uh, it's just it's so sad to even talk about, honestly, and the fact that we we've had this conversation, what, three times in the past month of similar scenarios. It's it's just heartbreaking. I I just wish more for humanity and and just people being nicer. I mean, if you have a guy handcuffed at some point. You don't need the force anymore, especially if there's four other cops around him. And what it really resolves around is a systematic problem. And the only way to solve that is to go vote. Honestly, I don't know how you solve this. I, I don't have an answer for you, but uh, we'll try to wrap it up with Killer Mike towards the end, because I think that he made a really good statement for Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, Georgia in general, and in the entire United States, to be honest, but we're in a kind of a shitty state. And I think there's a lot of people that are a little bit off kilter about pandemic and everything that's going on. And, and that's what they're probably going to do with this cops trial is to be like, this is what was happening. And that it becomes a whole nother thing that we could talk about at a later date. But, uh, to some extent, just try to be a nice person. If you see something like this going on, call the authorities, even though the authorities are there. I know as dumb as that sounds, try to record it, try to put it out there, try to get it out there online. Um, I mean, I would say step in, but I, I don't know the answer for you at this point because uh, as easy it is to say that there's good cops out there, which ones are they? at this point. Um, and that's a question you have to keep in the back of your mind and you shouldn't have to keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, they're serve and protect. The answer is serve and protect, not arrest and kill. So I'm going to get heat for this, but whatever, that's how I kind of feel on it. And I'm going to pass it back to you Dave. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think though, like I said, we got we got some brothers in blue that are thrown into all this because of a bunch of extremely racist, just bad apples, man. Or just people that were either picked on or doing the picking on in high school and didn't, didn't end up doing anything. So they decided to use a new way to bully people. But I, I to, don't dis, I don't disagree with you at all. The problem is it it seems to circumvent around one skin tone. And it doesn't matter if there's nine good police officers if there's that one asshole, right? Yeah, but that's also very hard to trust anyone. 
that it's kind of the same concept though in building in your head that since there's you know a a a thug out of a group of you know good black people that they that represents all of them and shit like that so i i think that mentality kind of steers those ter- those bad officers and kind of a, a, you know enforces them a bit so yeah I, I i can agree with that but just you know to my black brothers and sisters out there i love you you know and we're here for you this is a terrible situation you got your back and we just want to provide a fun show for you outside of this and uh rest in peace for george floyd uh give him 10 seconds all right well that was kind of a interesting opening i might be talking more about this with chris on on uh monday suck doing an episode with probably him and john colina and we'll get more into this because that's what that show is for but you know just uh it's kind of hard not to say something chris you know I mean, I mean, yeah, well, our we, city we, was we, burning last night. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say is when you see your city on fire, the home of, you know, the A-Town Bounce, cop cars on fire. That, it's it's weird. It's uh, it, it was definitely weird and uh, really struck home for me in, in in a way. I mean, I already felt the situation. But seeing everyone gather together and protest in the way that they protested, uh, it, whether you call it rebel or not, I mean, I call it punk rock, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there isn't like how many people do you watch die before this happens? So like the expectation of people quietly protesting or being like peaceful protesting is ridiculous to me. So you're going to get this backlash. I mean, this is this, this has been building for years, especially now that social media is so popular. There's so many videos or so many there's so much evidence of this bullshit going on that it's an easy thread to go on to. But, yes, we uh, in the city of Atlanta, we did have riots uh, and. We had uh, I would say the police chief did her best to show up and, and talk about it and try to get people home and, and do a bunch of stuff. And one thing they do in Atlanta is shut down the connector, <laughs> which happened. So um, and not as bad as what happened in Minneapolis. So I'm not trying to compare. And obviously it's a very sensitive situation, but uh, just know that like our hearts on this podcast is less, it, at least me goes out to the family. And, and we definitely think this is all bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, it's just, it's un- it's unfortunate we got to talk about this type of stuff again. It's just kind of mind-blowing. And I'm sorry, we're going to we're gonna provide you with a good show, and once we get into everything, we'll go into detail. But it's, I would be lying if I was acting like this wasn't something, you know, on my mind. And hopefully you guys enjoyed, I guess, a preview of Monday's Suck. Um, and just, you know... I know it's kind of heavy topic and we're going to go into wrestling right now, but this is how I feel. And uh, this is how Chris feels. And we wanted to make a statement about it. If you're still with us, which I know that you are, because I think that everyone can listen and, you know, just get different types of points of view and whatnot. 
and talk about this stuff. If you're not, then I don't really care if you were trying to be a fan or whatever. I mean, there's an ignorant level of people that just scoffed and rolled their eyes. Peace out. We'll be talking about wrestling without you listening. Sorry. (sighs) I guess uh, after that, we should get into this, huh, Chris? Yes, sir. I mean, hey, it wouldn't be our podcast for the last month if we didn't have to talk about some heavy shit right off the bat. For the last, like, six months, man, it's been crazy. But we 2020 is a real asshole. It is the uh, it is the Ted DiBiase of years. It's it's the Cobra biting fucking macho man. Jesus. Yeah, it's a it's 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 nutty. Um, And I swear, I don't know if if everyone was like this, but 2019 was kind of, you know, I, I was like, God, thank God we're starting a new decade. We can get away from this last one. It wasn't as pleasing, besides obviously my niece being born and a few other things. And then 2020 hits, and it's like, bah! Bah! It's like getting stiffed by Stone Cold and his potato punches. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's definitely like getting Damien dropped on your neck, for real, by Jake the Snake. It's 2020 has a heel turn, that's all I'm saying. That's a good way of putting it. 2020 has a heel turn. All right, well, maybe 2022 will bring back the uh, the uh, the baby face, the, the Ricky Steamboat, if you will. But we're going to talk about Double or Nothing. Uh, show last Saturday, uh, Daly's Place in Jacksonville for AEW. Uh, I thought it was an awesome show. There was a couple moments in certain big matches that were, I'll, I'll say, a little bit less appealing, or I had more um, in my head going into it, like you know. Uh, but for the most part, I enjoyed everything. And you know what? I, I, I just realized, Chris, we really haven't talked about the Stadium Stampede match. Um, but I, I, I'm actually on the 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 side of it. Well, like the opposite fucking side of Jim Cornette on it. <laughs> where I really enjoyed it, and I thought they set it up. Obviously, they pre-recorded it, and they tried to play it off like it wasn't, but it was kind of obvious. But I had a lot of fun with it, and I was laughing hysterically throughout the whole entire thing. Um, so I know it's not for some people. I think that everyone a bit is getting uh, sick of all these cinematic matches. I understand they're trying to do new things. Uh, they're bring, you know, now WWE. Well, I'm not going to yell at and say they're copying AEW just because they finally brought audience members. It's like, what the fuck? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. WWE needs to get people out there just like AEW's doing. Oh, they're a bunch of copycats. It's like, just pick pick your fucking poison on that. Either way, I'm glad that there's some level of audience in attendance. And I understand you got to be creative during these times. I like this more so than Money in the Bank. I actually think this was the best one so far. Um, I even liked it more than the Undertaker-AJ Styles match uh, as far as a cinematic match. But, like I said, I kind of hope that they dwindle because I think their value is uh, going down, I would say. But uh, how did you like the pay-per-view overall and um, specifically about the stadium stampede match, Chris? So – I love the pay-per-view. I thought it was really fun. There was a lot of good matches on it. I like the stadium match. I won't go as far as you did to say it was better than the Boneyard match. Because the Boneyard match had AJ Styles and, and Undertaker. And there's a mystique there. And there were some really fun things there. 
I still think they used the wrong fucking Metallica song. That's a different yeah. topic for a From whom the day. bell tolls, man. Or Four Horsemen, <laughs> yeah. or, or so many other ones. Other songs where Metallica has bells would be good. But all that aside, I, I, I think I, I liked that a little bit better, but I liked the Stadium Arcadia. The, I almost called it Stadium Arcadium like it was a fucking Red Hot Chili Great Peppers album. album. <laughs> uh, I like the stadium uh, wrestling match one because like immediately you get Chris Jericho showing up kind of in the joking costume. The whole teams got on the same logo, the same kind of football jerseys and knee pads and shit. There's just so many great elements to that match. And then they actually wrestle. That's the difference. That is the difference between like the Randy Orton and edge match or the money in the bank match where people just like punched each other for a long time. There was a lot of wrestling moves in, in, in this, I, I will say in quotations match. And some of them were really kind of crazy. Now you got goofy with Matt Hardy and the, the, the pull of reincarnation at Jacksonville stadium. Get that. It's goofy. I'm fine with goofy. If, Yeah, but in any case, I think the primary difference in what AEW does and what WWE does, if you're looking at these backstage matches, is they're using Chris Jericho and they're able to utilize him in a way that makes the crowd engaged, whereas with WWE, it's not the same thing. They don't have that primary uh, pawn, so to speak, like in a chess game. And... uh, I thought the match was really, really fun. And it was definitely not as boring as, uh, say, like your your AJ Styles versus, or not AJ Styles, but uh, Edge versus Randy Orton match. What are your thoughts, Dane? They are still at the bottom out of all the matches like that so far. You guys are still... Sorry, I just gotta keep on saying that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive that home if it wasn't for that damn interview with one of my favorite wrestlers, Edge. That pissed me off. So, Ugh. but anyways, yeah, I enjoyed it. What? Uh, what? What? What did Edge say? Well I can bring said. up, I can bring up the quotes if you want, if I can I, find it. You just give us a general answer. I'm sure that most people would. What's his name? Corey Graves. Or your, oh, okay. So we know it's going to be really good. Did he call it the greatest match of all time? No, I don't. I, I guess that's what's going to happen, apparently. Um, <laughs> God dang it. It reveals. While we're talking about this, CM Punk buried SmackDown, which we'll get into later. Uh, he hated the Jeff Hardy angle and made fun of it openly <laughs> via Twitter. Ugh. Um, I don't know. Basically, he threw the fans under the bus. I, I just, I don't get it when wrestlers want to criticize, um, the fans, man, for something that not only fans are complaining about, and a majority of them, but other minds in wrestling, multiple minds in wrestling that give it and say that you know it wasn't that great. Sorry that you guys put yourself through a bunch of physical stuff and ended up being boring as fuck but you know 
I'm sure that they had control over some of the editing, and if they didn't, then it's not even Edge's fault, and you shouldn't uh, discredit the fans. That's how I feel. I, I would say you shouldn't discredit the fans if PW Torch and Wrestling Observer both bury your match and say it was bad. You got two opposite opinions from two different people. Wade Keller is more of a WWE guy, and the opposite is uh, they're more of the AEW guys. They both said that match sucked, so the match just sucked. It was just bad. Sorry. This match was a little different for me because they, I, I feel like they they wrestled. There was some wrestling in this match, Jay. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, okay. If I really wanted to right, listen to me, all the feedback I've gotten personally to myself or to my social media feeds has been positive. Uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Just some wrestlers need to stop bitching about the fans and realize that we know that WWE's actually think holding you guys back, and it's not our fault for displaying opinions. Because like you said, PW Torch, Wrestling Observer, Jim Cornette, multiple different people said it wasn't that great. So sorry about that, guys. Yeah, yeah, and I would say like if PW Torch says it's bad, because that's like your that's like the baseline. They're very heavy WWE people. They do a lot of WWE podcasts. Wade Keller's done podcasts with Steve Austin in the past. He always gives them a little bit more leeway than like Dave Meltzer. Uh, but if they say it's bad, it's just bad. And if you can't tell from the fan reaction that it's bad, the backlash on Twitter, I don't know what to tell you. Like it was good to your general audience. Uh, I think the AEW match was was better Found to it. their general audience <laughs> so edge's comment back on <clears throat> after the bell uh, a couple months ago well right right after wrestlemania so in april um he talked at length about other stuff and then when Corey asked him about the criticism of the match the statement from edge was i mean everyone's entitled to their opinion it's wrestling it's art it's subjective and whatever blows your hair back but randy and i have broad shoulders and we can weather the weight of a minuscule militia of malcontents who will just want to complain about everything. They complain about the length of a wrestling match during a pandemic. Like, really? Come on. But they're also the same people that are going to complain about Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar going for four minutes. I just think there's a segment of people that enjoy not enjoying things and dwell on negatives. And as much as I agree with him, you just took a a bunch of fans that are not like that, like me and you, and also minds within wrestling, ex-wrestlers, and combine them in that group of dickbags. And I have a problem with that. So here's the example. No one had a problem with Okada versus Who the fuck, Omega for who the fuck 60 said, fucking minutes. 60 minutes, Dane. Omega Chris, versus Okada. Stone Cold said it was the best match he's ever seen. You don't get off with just being like, it's too long, so the fans didn't like it. It's, it's bullshit. Who complained about bad. the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match? Most people say that was actually a really good match um, well, at WrestleMania. Specifically. I fucking praise that match all the time on this show because if anyone's going to drag a match out of fucking Goldberg, it's going to be Brock Lesnar because he is the guy to be able to suplex him. They did the spot on the side. They basically did two spears. They went outside. Uh, Brock, like, Brock dodged a spear and Goldberg went through the railing and then he just got like suplexed a couple times and then F5. It was fine. It was a good ass big man wrestling match. 
I don't think you know, anyone has a problem with that. You know, I if this if, sad thing is if this came from Randy Orton, I'd roll my eyes and expect it. I think it just hurt because it came from Edge. But maybe he has a position to be able to make a band called Minuscule Militia of Malcontents. I think that would be a really good fucking rock band. Who the yeah, fuck even that, says that? Seth Rollins playing fucking bass in this band? Jesus. Uh, whining about the fucking fans. It's not the fans' fault that the match or the angle sucked. The angle was really good in the Edge Orton match. It was amazing. The fans didn't like it. It doesn't... I mean, like, get over it. Edge, you've had great matches. Just get over the one match that wasn't good. Sorry. Like, I, I love Edge. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. I yeah, really he's awesome. love Edge. There's nothing about Edge I don't like, but that match was shit. <laughs> I would say the same thing if Okada gave me that match, but you know what? It's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because Okada would not give me that match unless he got put in TNA. Oh, wait, that happened. Oh, God, let's not even go to that. But, yeah, so in comparison, that's the. I, I'm glad I was able to find the exact quote since we've talked about this at length. But let's get into this pay-per-view. Do you have any final statements before we go, go to the uh, first match? I thought the pay-per-view was very good. I thought there was one standout match, which is going to surprise people once we get towards it, which uh, was the female wrestling match. Thought that was one of the best matches on the card, if not the absolute best. That one and the MJF Jungle Boy match were my two favorites. I'll just give that away right here. <clears throat> um, all right, so we started off with the pre-show match. Uh, best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta went against uh, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn uh, from Private Party, and it was a pretty good match. Uh, Private Party, they looked a little bit, you know. Like, they haven't wrestled in a ring in, in a minute. I'm sure they practice a lot, but still was pretty good. I just think it always goes back to just, my lord, Trent Beretta. God, dude, that guy's going to be a, a future champion. But it was for the number one contenders, and the best friends won. So they will be going against, um, who has the belts right now? Oh, Kenny Omega. <laughs> Kenny Omega and uh, Adam Page. Uh, it's very easy to forget because their persona just over precedes the belts at this point, especially with Adam Page. It's like the it's belts like, is an afterthought with those characters, which is what you want, honestly. It just it's two guys that are known for singles just all of a sudden in the tag team, but weird. Um, all right, but yeah, it was a pretty good match to start off things. All right, so then we have one of my favorite matches, and yes, it had some hijinks in it, and I actually I, I enjoyed it. I like this presentation of how they're going to do something that's different than the Money in the Bank using a ladder, but the casino ladder match was going to have people come out in different intervals, and unlike you know say uh, what what the hell is it called war, uh, war games where everyone has to be in the ring, anyone could win it beforehand, which I thought was a little bit weird of a concept, honestly. And I kind of would have put a little bit more time between people, but they had that Royal Rumble element. We all we knew who was coming out. We knew that, unfortunately, because of Phoenix's injury, he was out of the match, and Joey Janela was put in, which was a great addition. Uh, I, I enjoyed him within this match, and we found out that I was right about two different things, Chris. I'm just going to put it out there. 
I predicted, <laughs> or at least passed to you the thought of Taz possibly managing Brian Cage. And on another, on last week's episode, I was the one who said that I think it's going to be Brian Cage. And if he does, then he's going to end up winning it. And I think I gave it to Darby if he wasn't involved. So um, I did it. I have my own Hardys uh, coming back like you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like double whammy. I didn't think, I didn't think Cage was going to, I didn't think Cage was going to win it. The, the Taz, the Cage linking up all made sense. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I just didn't think he was going to win it, but he fucking won it. It's good booking because uh, you made yourself a, a monster going into uh, the next pay-per-view against uh, uh, John Moxley, which I think they gave a good payoff on, on Dynamite, which we'll get to later. But I did not expect that. The battle between him and Luchasaurus was my favorite part of the match. I thought that was yep. great. And uh, Darby Allen doing the... Um, yeah, what is it called? The the plant dive with the skateboard? Jesus. Basically. Uh, was really great. I'm glad that Kaz got out of the way because that would have actually probably killed him <laughs> if it would have connected. <laughs> but Kaz is great. So Kazarian, good on you. Kazarian carried a lot of that match. He did. He carried a shit ton of that match. Um, Orange Cassidy was really entertaining. He he really was entertaining, and it's it just <laughs> depends on what your kind of wrestling is at this so, point. He showed up at the the <laughs> press conference that Tony Khan was doing and asked him, and like, Tony's like, hey, sorry guys, hold on one second. I'll give you guys as much time. I have one of my wrestlers here. Orange, what's up? No, you didn't win the match. No, I explained to you how the match goes the whole entire time. You just did not listen to me. All you had to do is climb the ladder. And he's like, no, no, I just told you. You did not win the match. And you hear him go, all right, whatever. And walk <laughs> off. I love it. I, I, dude, I mean, even – even I, I, I feel like even JR's coming around to it because it's, it's supposed to be entertainment. It's our truth. You know what I'm saying? It's not supposed – I don't think Orange Cassidy – and who knows? Maybe I could be wrong and they could add it in there. I don't think he expects to be the world champion. He's supposed to be someone in there that makes you pop while stuff's going on. And then he also can turn it on and, you know, actually be a viable wrestler if needed. But I thought him getting on top of the ladder <laughs> and trying to reach up like that was going to work and trying to talk. <laughs> and when, he laid it, when he laid it flat and stood on it and just reached to <laughs> <in> the sky. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. I, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious, but it is definitely something out of R-Truth's playbook. I'm going to give R-Truth credit because he showed up to the Royal Rumble with the ladder thinking it was money in the bank. <laughs> and then vice yeah. versa. Like, he did that joke originally, and it was great because R-Truth is the, the fucking most underrated best of all time. <laughs> I, I just get so sick of this double standard concept that both companies have where it's like if AEW does something, everyone forgets that WWE does that thing. And if WWE were to do some of the stuff that AEW does, they would be, you know, they would get backlash for it. It's so silly how these online fucking troll fans are. But I, I love this match. I thought it was I thought it was fun. Joey Janela came out like a monster, just fucking taking everyone out, you know, crazy as hell. Uh, definitely getting his shit in and taking advantage of a shitty situation. I hope Phoenix is not hurt that much. Like you said, Frankie held it down. 
And yeah, they ended up burying fucking Brian Cage. I don't know if I would have done that, but it did take all of them to take him out. Because I think I messaged you at one point. I was like, if this is how they're going to use Brian Cage right at the start, I think it's a really fucking stupid way of, of you know, starting him off. And then he got all that shit off of him, climbed up the ladder, uh, threw out Darby Allen, and got the damn chip. So it looks like we're going to be getting, since Taz is pissed at Darby, you know, whatever they decide to do, uh, if Brian beats, I guess, his. what I'm trying to say is his first uh, feud might be with Darby Allen, which would be very fucking interesting. I'm just glad Brian Cage is there, and I can't wait to have the Battle of the Terminators between him and Kenny Omega. That needs to happen. That and him versus uh, Luchasaurus needs to happen. Yeah. Him versus like, him versus Wardlow too, man. I mean, Brian Cage is great, so just him versus anyone, and also Wardlow is like really fucking good in the ring, and I knew nothing about him until this company. So I don't know how I slept on this guy. <laughs> what's great about Brian is he is that linchpin between the smaller, more agile wrestlers and the bigger guys that that brawl and shit like that. He can do both. <laughs> He's that accomplished, and having Taz as his his mouthpiece, I think, is very interesting. And I liked what he had to say to to John Moxley. I do have one problem with it, Chris, and I guess I should bring this up um, now. Uh, the only thing I have to say about AEW is Brian Cage going to lose to John Moxley because they have a thing, Jeff Cobb, Wardlow, this, this same pay-per-view with Lance Archer, uh, Luchasaurus, they've all gotten beaten. Some of them, it was their first fucking matches. So all the big monsters are taking down a peg and I don't see them taking the title off John Moxley. Maybe they will and put on Brian Cage, but if it's him getting beaten, that's something I don't understand that they do, and they've kind of make it, made it a trend. Does that make sense? Well, it's been, what, six months with John Moxley as champ? Yeah. Six, six or eight. So they're just trying to make their title more important, which is smart. Uh, I think he's going to beat Moxley's ass for that title. Whether well, you think it has, so. If Taz is involved or whatever, he's going to beat him for that title and Moxley's going to have to climb his way back because that's what makes a good baby face and, and Moxley can play that baby face and it'd be great um, I don't know that the crowd is behind Moxley as much as they think the crowd is at this point I feel like there's other wrestlers that are more behind like Cody or, or Darby but Moxley is still that guy you can throw in that spot kind of like a John Cena like, no one's turned against him yet, but you can throw him back in that spot if he loses the title or if he gets screwed out of the title. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Taz jumps in and suplexes him and he loses the title in his own hardcore match because uh, the entire identity they built around that character is like, no one can beat me in this one specific match. If you go back like three or four months ago, and they actually care about the past, in AEW, <laughs> so <laughs> with the year of lineage, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, you could uh, you could go back and be like, yeah, well, he wants this kind of match, um, and he did play it off like he was a little scared, even on commentary at the end. There, he played it off a little bit like he was like, all right, this guy's a serious threat. Uh, the problem where where it really sucks is someone like Wardlow or. Um, 
God. Uh, Lance Archer. Lance Archer, Brody Lee, where you're guys that are actually bigger than Brian Cage. But that's that's kind of what I was going for. You know, Brian Cage being another big guy, even though obviously he's not as big as them. Do you think it was bad? All right, Brody Lee beaten that night. Lance Archer beaten that night. You know, uh, Jeff Cobb beaten the first match that he had. Uh, uh, what you call Luchasaurus beaten on television. Uh, you know, it seems like all like I keep like like I said beforehand, all their big men they're kind of taking down a peg. Like, do you think it's hurting them that none of them, you know, we potentially Brian Cage it could be, but none of them are they're not doing the unstoppable. They're they're getting beat like Wardlow first match in, you know. Well, I think that that may be part of the plan to to push Brian Cage, honestly. Yeah. And you think he's going to go undefeated? Case, yeah, I think he might just have a little bit of a streak destroying people and uh, talking shit to Moxley but not attacking him. Because that's how they built the last few, uh, to some extent. I mean, they did attack Moxley, but he ended up getting the better and breaking that dude's arm. There was no follow-up. That So uh, I, I would say it's very possible that Brian Cage goes undefeated to that title match and uh, beats Moxley for the title. Clean. I'm down. I like Cage. I was excited when I saw him. I was excited when, you know, FTR came on uh, Dynamite. They're really building a powerful roster, and eventually when things go back to normal, they're going to have a second show plus their YouTube show to display all these guys. AEW's doing really well to build themselves, and... I wouldn't be surprised if, if Zack Ryder makes a way over there. I wouldn't be surprised if if Jeff Hardy, when he's done, when Rey Mysterio's done with his contract, you know, they're going to have a monster. They already do, but it's going to get bigger and more fucking monstrous in the next, like, five months, I believe. I, I hope that WWE has locked up Jeff Hardy somehow because he's going to walk into that company as a superstar because the fans, like – me and you, after the bullshit we saw on, on Friday, are going to back him so hard coming out of that contract of like, oh, you're trying to bury this guy. God. Uh, you're, when he walks into that company, he's a huge star. WWE doesn't realize what they have with Jeff Hardy. Like, he doesn't, there's a natural charisma, and I've said this on yep. on this podcast multiple times. There's few stars that have it. You have, like, Jeff Hardy, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's people that just, like, the crowd will react to no matter what they do. And he is one of those people. Sting is another one of those people. Undertaker is another one of those people. That's not something that you can fucking make in a lab. It just happens. <laughs> so. God. And there's so much upside. Jeff being involved in AEW, singles runs. You know, obviously Darby Allen comes to mind, but there's a lot of great talent. Jeff Hardy and Kenny Omega would be awesome. But then you get the tag teams and we get to see the Young Bucks and the Hardys again. You know, we have one of the oldest and best tag teams in an already flourished division that's getting bigger and bigger. I mean, there's just so much upside for Jeff to be and also his involvement with Matt separate, but also with the the segments and all the uh, the broken Matt Hardy stuff. They're just a lot of good stuff and a lot of upside with Jeff Hardy being involved with it. And if they get Ray too, oh God. 
That's yeah, like, and, and, and I, I just I want people out there listening to us to know that we're gonna like send out everyone that gets fired from WWE uh, because no. there's a lot of really really good ass talent in AEW. You could like Sammy Guevara should get more time yep. than some other people you might bring in. Like I would give him more time than Zack Ryder. Possibly. Yeah. No, no. I, I think when, when I think of it and it's no offense to all the, uh, you know, everyone had lost their job and, you know, in the case of Ray and Jeff, they're just waiting out their contract. But the ones that did personally for me, maybe not even realistically, the ones that I think would make an impact on there is if you, I think if you put Zack Ryder on there, and you actually build them to not be a buffoon, but, you know, use a lot of, of of stuff from previous and good matches. He could be a star for sure. I think Rusev could be a star. And I think that Leo Rush could be a star, especially opposite some of the other guys that they have that are about that size, like your Sammy Guevara's, like your Darby Allens. So that's pretty much it. It's in a, like, a, well, you know, I, Sarah Logan – uh, Santina Garrett, I think she went to, uh, she just showed up at Impact, but I could see yeah, Sarah Logan doing some damage as like a, a really beast heel in the women's division as well. Yeah, Impact t- picked up uh, too because they picked up uh, who's the girl that, uh, man, Deanna Caruso, Caruso. They picked her up because you know for the, uh, the ninja. That's skills. who I was talking about. I think Santina's still in WWE. WWE. Yeah, right. yeah. They picked Deanna they picked Frost. her up and and she showed up as the virtuoso and her promo sucked, but she was trying to get across like I can do cool flips and shit. So I appreciate that. I <laughs> the think, promo I think was really bad. <laughs> I think you're gonna see Eric Young and EC3 back on Impact. They they seem to be getting a lot of good guys too. So hey, you know, good for them. I want to see these guys have homes. I started watching Impact again. It's still really weird, no matter what it is. AEW, NXT, without the audience, it's just it's it's awkward. But hey, man, well, at least with uh with Impact because they started filming for Twitch, it's like two cameras ringside. Mm-hmm. So it's hard focused on the wrestlers. Yeah, which is very different. That's even different than what AEW does, where they center one camera and they shoot directly towards the ring, towards the stage to avoid the crowd, and they filter in noise. And me and you both said this about WWE was like, how how would you do this? And I was like, well, you just have fucking wrestlers like make the noise and just separate them, yep. whether it's like B side or A side or heel or face or whatever you want to do. It took them this long to do that, by the way. They did that this week. Yep. Um, but yeah, I she she's gonna be a phenomenal athlete. I I don't know if she has the, the promo chops after listening to that virtuoso promo. It's pretty bad. Well, you know that's the thing about baby faces. Some of them don't need to be the best on the mic. Just be a pretty good baby face and be Just, good in the ring. But who's she going against? She's going against Tessa, though. There, well, Tessa's the the world champion, so she's in a different division. She'd be going against Ty Valkyrie, who's had the bell for like fucking two years. Mr. John Morrison's wife. Uh, they still they. I keep on saying it, man. Impact has a stacked women's division. Um, you know, Jessica Havoc, um, Sue Young. 
uh, Rosemary, who I think is going to be now paired up again with Crazy Steve, which is pretty cool. You know, they got they got they got a uh, they got a really good lace. The, the what was it? A girl that did not come to uh, that left AEW. She was a part of the first match. Uh, and then she, no, she was she brunette, really really kind of like Bailey esque, but then with a Pikachu outfit. I forgot what her name is. But she ended up leaving AEW right at the beginning, and she ended up going to Impact. Damn good in-ring wrestler. Uh, but yeah, anyways, hey, we have a bunch of wrestling. That's that, that's pretty damn good. Uh, me and you are <laughs> rambling wrestling, like normal. <laughs> Wrestling's <laughs> good. Welcome to the podcast where you ramble about shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. <laughs> All right, so we had a match, and this, like I said, I think between this and the Sheeta. Uh, Nyla match. Um, I think this one was my favorite match, honestly. And that was between MJF and Jungle Boy. Very weird. My only not didn't really have to do this. Um, I would have liked to seen a confrontation like they I thought they were setting up with Wardlow and um, and uh, what should we call it? Luchasaurus. I'm just remembering the battle royal just now. Billy Gunn is taller than all the motherfuckers that they have, including yeah. Luchasaurus. Well, that's, Holy that's- hell. That's Wednesday. <laughs> He's a big-ass dude. <laughs> I know, dude. But I was like, I was like, holy fuck, man. I didn't realize that he was that tall. Um, anyways, and also, Austin, you shouldn't be excited that your dad got picked over you since you're the young one. Anyways, but um, MJF, Jungle Boy, classic-style wrestling match. Yeah, they threw a little bit, you know, the, the reverse Arana on the fucking apron. Can we stop doing that? I thought that he he clipped him on the corner, uh, honestly. But other than that, just good stuff, man. Just classic stuff. I know that Jim Ross and, and Toy Shivani must have been having a field day uh, announcing this because this is definitely reminiscent. And I don't mean to make – it's it's not me making fun, uh, but obviously wrestlers are much smaller in comparison than the 80s and stuff like that. So I got like a mini uh, Ric Flair, Kerry Von Erich you know, type of concept going into this. I think Jim Ross is the one who keeps on saying it's like, he, he always compares them to Kevin and Carrie and it's like, yeah, but he's like the size of Chris. Yeah. But, you know. but I, I love jungle boy. He's one of the future baby faces. He also has kind of like Jeff Hardy, that type of natural charisma and doesn't have to say much either just to have it. And the fact that he looks like his dad in the face, I mean, Dylan, are you kidding me? Uh, he's but gonna, he's going to have to change soon though. He needs to. He needs to have some type of changes. Because I think Luchasaurus is who the fans are really behind. They're behind the group, but they're actually more behind Luchasaurus as a character. Do you think that we're going to get soon? I, I kind of wish that we would. I want to see the four young, young smaller dudes I want in one match. I want to see MJF versus Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara versus Jungle Boy. And maybe an elimination four-way match. I think that would be a lot of fucking fun. I, th- I think that's where you put the TNT title eventually, unless they're going to yeah. treat it like the IC, uh, which is fine. You could treat it like the IC. It's like this is the the next tier. I, I have or, nothing against the worker that. title, you know, just like the IC and also the U.S. title were in the 80s. You yeah. know, the worker. Cody's promo on Wednesday did say he was open challenging, so yep. Darby could just win the fucking thing. Which kind of sucks for. 
for for Jungle Boy winning that thing to get that shot, and it's like, oh, but but the next week I'm gonna let any random person come out, whoever wants to challenge me. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that sucks. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yes, that sucks. But either way, I thought this match was awesome. I fucking love MJF. I think he is a great heel. Um, and he, if anything, I think he helped Jungle Boy in this match and brought up his stock a bit. But, you know, we had MJF win. He beat Jungle Boy. Uh, it was a 17-minute match. How did you like this match, Chris? I thought it was phenomenal, and MJF hit every heel spot you could hit. He, he, bit, he bit a man during a submission hold. He uh, did the beg, please. He raked the eyes. He had interference from the outside. Strutting like flair. <laughs> he strutted like flair. Like, he was great. MJF was fucking great in this match, but so was Jungle Boy. It was believable to the very end. And then, yeah, I mean, kind of all, all knew what was going to happen. But uh, it was still really, really well worked and uh, actually refed really well. So props. Yeah. To the AEW ref because usually they let like bullshit just fly and they're redundant but he was actively calling uh which is the only way that works is if you're calling out like if, if mjf is biting a dude's arm you gotta call it out right so uh shout out to that ref for calling the match like kind of down the square to the very end uh which i i think made that match work really well it it wasn't the best match i've ever seen but with those two personalities, it gives it like kind of an extra star. So like four stars, I guess, out of five. Yeah, I'd say four, four and a half, definitely. Um, the next match, and I guess it's 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 we kind of have built a high expectation for Cody, Chris, because he's made not the most crazy athletic matches, but great storytelling within matches in the past with Nick Aldis and Dustin. And MJF, it's usually the storytelling within the match itself is just superior. And that's that's his number one skill. I just think it was a little bit less with Cody going against Lance Archer. And this was the tournament finals for the AEW TNT Championship. Um, I still think it was a good match. Uh, it just, you know, the, the Mike Tyson stuff was a bit goofy. Uh, they had a spot, which was probably just bad timing. I mean, it's just going to happen where... You go to get his reaction. Most of the time he's cheering and stuff like that. And then you catch the one time where he's yawning. Uh, but Mike made sure that Jake got the hell out of there when he tried to bring the snake involved. Um, you know, and they ejected him and Arn Anderson um, for both getting involved with the match. But Cody ended up beating Lance Archer. And it is a bittersweet concept. I love that Cody's got a title. I like that he's going to be doing these open challenges. Um, the, the title itself, I like, it, it reminds me, I, I think they're trying to go for the NWA TV title with the red and the, uh, the, the silver, which is cool because that's what it basically is going to be a title that you defend on TNT <laughs> on, on, uh, Dynamite. But, um, at the same time, I understand that, you know, they didn't get a chance and Tony went over, they didn't get a chance to finish the belt. So it's a work in progress because of everything going on. You beat Lance Archer. And that was kind of uh, questionable. I don't think that either one of us picked Cody to win this match because we thought that he was going to descend a bit. Uh, but he won it, and I can't complain about that. He's got his belt, 
And it was awesome seeing the pictures of him and Moxley from last year's Double or Nothing without belts, flicking off the camera. And then this year, both of them as champs doing the same exact thing. I thought that was really cool. How'd you like this match, Chris? This match was very bad. It was not very good. It was a lot of Murder Hawk throwing a dude around with no payoff on what they kind of promised us. So I didn't like it. I think Cody in in Murder Hawk did his best, but uh, not my favorite. Definitely not even close to my favorite match of the night. I w- I'm not gonna say worst match of the night, but it it with everything they put around it and how long they had built it, uh, it was very disappointing to me specifically. I agree. I thought it was definitely a lot lackluster compared. And it's nothing against either one. Cody's a great storyteller. Lance is an awesome brawler. I've seen them both have awesome matches, but they didn't really mesh well. And I think that the awkwardness involving with Mike Tyson kind of just made it a little bit loopy, personally to me. Yeah, and it doesn't have anything about like their in-ring ability. It's just the match itself. When you start introducing all that outside stuff, you want the payoff. The payoff never came. And Cody just sold forever, basically. Uh, which is fine yep. through most Cody matches. But for this one, and there was zero payoff on what they were trying to promise us, which was a Jake and Arn payoff, where either Jake or Arn gets the upper hand, and then Tyson gets involved. They didn't give us that. So bad from that standpoint. I agree. Uh, next match, Chris Statlander going against uh, Penelope Ford, who was uh, in for Miss Britt Baker because of her injury. And we'll get to her promo later on on Dynamite. thought it was awesome. Um, Penelope Ford, big ups to you because you took advantage of a situation. And both her and I think Chris Statlander had a pretty damn good match. Uh, just a standard Good singles wrestling match, and uh, Chris ended up winning. I kind of saw that coming, but it was still, I mean, you know, in these type of situations, people are getting injured. It's unfortunate. I think it's a side effect, honestly, without having the crowd and the natural adrenaline and the push and also clumsiness from everyone, you know, um, on certain occasions, definitely with the Ray Phoenix fucking situation. But a lot of times another wrestler has to step up and I think a lot of the guys that are doing this, even the, the ones that are just enhancement talent, they're taking advantage of what they got, and that's a good thing. And Penelope Ford is a future champion. She's a, she's a star. She's got a, a, she's got it a hell of a lot more than I think that her uh, future husband, Kip Sabian, does. No offense to him. I'm just being honest. She's just a total package. Great wrestler. She's absolutely beautiful. She is on the she, – uh, as what I've heard from her on the mic, she's good. But, um, you know, charisma. Good match with her and Chris Statlander. Uh, I'm glad that Statlander did not boop at all, at least from what I remember. Uh, Chris, how'd you like this? I mean, she booped a whole lot to the ring. She was booping everybody inside. Okay, I don't care her doing the audience. Don't have that as a spot in the match. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But she was definitely booping. There was booping involved. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad she's bringing more intensity, it seems, because that was one thing. You're going to have comparisons to the Warrior 
And I feel like she is getting a little more aggressive and not being so passive in matches. Well, I think this is one meeting you talked about while it was going on where I said it seems like there was a preset match and they had to change everything they were going to do. And there was a couple spots where I thought Penelope Ford was just going to get murdered uh, by Statlander. So there were some sketchy spots in this match, especially towards the last like two minutes of it. But uh, it was a good match. It was just I it was very scared. There's a uh, God, I'm trying to. There's a reversal into Statlander's finish, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And uh, it little, yeah, it looks sketchy as fuck. But um, you know, overall, like Statlander, like I said, they they probably put this shit together last minute because they didn't know where Britt was and, and what they were gonna do as a as an opponent. I will say Penelope Ford is over as shit, like, yep. way more over than the rest of her crew. So push her, and maybe have her go back to Joey Janela with the bad girl intro theme and make her like uh, a heel against those nerds <laughs> like i don't know how else to put it but she is just like way above the rest of her crew as far as fan participation i think a lot of that has to do with her when she had that match with kenny omega uh at the russell cruise right where she took his uh god what one way angel yeah, v trigger. He, she took a V trigger and shit. So I think that she has kind of like the respect of the fans and she. she I, I I know that people are gonna like you're just doing this because she's blonde, but there there's something about her personality mixed with obviously her look um, and her athleticism that reminds me of Trish, a young Trish Stratus. Like I'm the attitude. I'm not even going to say that. Just out of all the generic-ass songs they have on their roster, her song is the best theme song. And a lot of times yeah. they get you... Yeah, like, <laughs> a lot of times that just pays off. I, I would say for the American female wrestlers that they have, uh, she's pretty fucking good. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, I would I would want someone to challenge me on who is better as an American female wrestler on their roster. Maybe they could get a big swole or something, but outside of that, I'd, it'd be hard to debate. Especially because it's just thrown in this fucking thing <laughs> at the last minute. Because me and you predicting this was like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> we didn't. We uh, we forgot that she was a heel because I like her so much. I didn't think I don't think of her as a heel. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we were like, ah, man, who could do this? Blah, 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 because she's a heel. That would make sense, you know, but Penelope wasn't on the brain, and she did a great job. Um, next match, singles match. Dustin Rhodes with Brandy Rhodes against Sean Spears. Three minutes, 20 seconds. I didn't like this at all. They try to play off the WrestleMania match with Roddy Roddy Piper and Goldust in which Piper strips him down and he's wearing lingerie. For some reason, Sean's version of that was just having leg clips and boxers with Tully Blanchard's face on the front of the crotch part. Thought this whole thing was awkward. Um, This was thrown last minute onto it. Didn't really see the point. Wasn't really funny. Thought it was kind of dumb. 
to be honest with you. At least Dustin got a win. What do you think, Chris? I mean, at least Dustin got a win is the right answer because I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do when we were talking about this in the previews. Like, I guess Dustin has to win because he's lost every other match. and No one gives a shit about Perfect 10. Sorry. Sorry to ruin the Sean Spears dreams out there. If this didn't prove that no one gives a fuck, then I don't know what to tell you. This guy got what the fuck was the Tully Blanchard on his crotch? Burial? Like he's done? He's going to be on AEW Dark from now on? Yeah, That's I think I Tully's, Tully's like, uh, can, I, can, I, can I have FTR and you guys do whatever with Sean? Is that okay? Please put him he's, with them. Get, get him away from Sean Spears. Tully's in the back and he's like, fucking Arn gets Cody Rhodes. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. He's like, fuck you, Arn. I mean, I know I'm a Christian now, as uh, Manny Fernandez would say. He's a Christian now, so it's okay. But fuck you, Arn. (laughs) Him and Shawn Michaels, Christians. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, anyways, let's get to the next match. And one of my favorite matches, I think you were referring to this as your favorite match. Could or cheat? Well, I want to say it like... Is it Dasha who does the um, the announcing? Yes. Signed from WWE, Dasha. Thumbs he up. Got Ushida! <laughs> yeah. uh, she defeated Nyla Rose, man, and this was a no DQ match, no count out match for the AEW Women's World Champion, and it was an awesome match. 60 minutes. Uh, the ladies beat the living hell out of each other. Sheeta made it very reasonable of, of how she was able to knock, you know, the beast down. And I thought Nyla was great in this. I thought this was probably Nyla Rose's best match. It's definitely one of Sheeta's best match. Um, it is weird taking the belt off Nyla. She has had it for a while, but now we get to see some heels, you know, trying to go for Sheeta. And I loved her promo. I think that, you know, she she's she's um. I don't know. I think that she has a lot of upside to her. Let me just let me just end it at that. She's a great baby face, and she's awesome in the ring. Chris, what did you think? Sheeta was great in the ring. I thought I, this was probably my favorite match of the night, which is going to get some heat, but I thought it was the best wrestled match of the entire night. Um, it told a story, and she went full Kenny Omega, Sheeta specifically. She just hit all of Kenny's spots towards the end. Well, <laughs> with the, with the high knees and shit. <laughs> Excalibur said at the beginning of the match, I think on commentary that he that she reminds him of a, you know, of Kenny Omega. So it was like that that was definitely in my head towards the end. I'm like, wow, those are all V triggers. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it does seem kind of like they're booking her like Kenny Omega, which I'm fine with. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, it was it was more believable than Rio, but she's not as over as Rio, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can agree with that. She's more believable, but I don't think she's like Rio. Kind of has that Rey Mysterio power to her because of her size, I think. Um, or just her look only, in general, like or her attitude. There's there's something about her face. It really the desperation in every move that Rio does. It really sells. Whereas she does. I, Sheena was getting I, aggressive, though. When she fucking hit her in the head, 
with the and she just dropped from that Singapore cane and then it was like three V triggers and then doing Adam Cole's uh around the back version of um uh the uh, shining wizard like to win it that was uh that was pretty brutal man but i want to say and i and i think that you can agree with me i got to give a lot of kudos to Nyla Rose man and obviously partially you know her having to deal with scrutiny and hearing the interview with her on on um you know uh on Chris Jericho's podcast really liked her really behind her i think she's gotten better uh, in the ring, I think she's gotten better on the mic, and I think she. I think I lost you. Agreed. Dan, I lost you for a second. You thought she got better in the ring. You thought she got better. That's where I, where you cut out. Um, I think. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I think that she got better on the mic, she got better in the ring, and she proved herself to be a good heel champion. I agree 100%. And uh, she's a pretty good wrestler, wrestler, especially against uh, these smaller Japanese female wrestlers from stardom that know what the fuck they're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, she worked a really good match. I thought, I, Like I said, that was my favorite match of the night. I thought it was very, very good uh i like nyla rose the promo stuff has gotten better the uh what is it what what is she saying the uh god i I don't want to say this wrong but she's basically calling everyone basic bitches all the time which is kind of great okay yeah basic biatches yeah but uh Nyla's been great on the mic, and uh, I was surprised by the victory. I will say that. But I think they had something else set up with uh, Britt Baker, and they just decided to flip it because of the injury. Yep. I agree. Okay, so we got to the next match, and it was the uh, AEW World Championship. Singles match with John Moxley going against Brody Lee. Um that somehow it's like the fucking ref throughout the rules, I guess, in this. I thought it was a hardcore match. And then it was said from a kind of disgruntled JR, like, what are they not doing back in the ring? You know, for good reason. Uh, but it was it was a good match. I just didn't think this did anything for Brody Lee. He ended up getting his ass kicked. He There was a part of the ramp that gimmicked, so he gave him the, uh, the double-arm DDT through it. Uh, went down, got some color, came back up, and then Moxley pretty much beat him shortly after that in the ring. Uh, I thought it was fine. It's it's Moxley's style, but they definitely need to, if they're going to do a hardcore match, do a fucking hardcore match. That's one thing that kind of just irks me a bit, too. Uh, but, I mean, it's showing that he's a physical, just beastly dude. I just, once again, just kind of like, even more so than Lance Archer, this does not really do much for Brody Lee's uh, first pay-per-view match. Or Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, how'd you like this match? Chris? I like the match very... Uh, like I thought it was very good for what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, and I know JR had the fuck-up spot where he was like, oh, it's a normal match. It wasn't a normal match because I think anyone that faces Moxley for that title, it's under Moxley rules, kind of like ECW is my guess of what they're going for. And they've just done a bad job of announcing it. 
Well, it's listed as a singles match, just a normal singles match here. But you get what I'm saying, though, that they were going for, like, even the build-up to his character was like, no one can beat me in this said match. So. They need to do a better job announcing that shit. That's for sure. Yes. So I'm, it could just, if so, then bad refereeing, and that sucks. But uh, I thought it was a very fun brawl. Brody's great in the ring, as we all know. Um, mm-hmm. Makes sense to keep it on Moxley, just because you just built. I mean, we knew coming out of that that ladder match that there was going to be one big other person, right? This is going to be bigger than Brody. The next question is like, what does Brody Lee do? Which apparently is like recruit Colt Cabana. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm very uh, curious on that whole entire thing. Um, all right, so here we already talked about a little bit. Stadium Stampede match. I'll try to get most of the uh, meat of this, and then we'll talk about it. But we had first the inner circle come out, like we said, all in football gear. All of them had numbers on the back that you know referenced something. Chris Jericho's was his dad's number in hockey. Um you know, Sammy's was the year that he was born. All of them kind of had something going on. And instead of starting in the ring, they started like a football game. We, we had the elite come out with Matt Hardy and, you know, Aubrey Edwards started it. And then they just charged each other with weapons and just beat the living hell out of each other. There was so much craziness. They had a little bit of stuff, stuff in the ring. We had a part where all of a sudden, Sammy Guevara looked behind his back and saw Adam Page on a fucking horse that started <laughs> chasing him. Uh, I don't think Sammy realizes both t- No, no, this is the, there will be three times after the first one on Dynamite. If something's coming at you in a fast speed, do not go in a straight line. <laughs> try to try to stick and move, man. Just you know, move out of the way. But it was funny. It brought them back there. I love Adam looking for Sammy and Jr. Going, please. Just if if I ever get lost, do not send Adam Page to go find me. Like <laughs> funny shit. He all of a sudden notices something, and you're like, oh, what's that? He tells a horse to stay, and he goes to the bar. <laughs> so there is there that started a bar fight later on where Jack Hager and him they had like a western styled scene. Um, you know, are we gonna drink? Or are we gonna fight? Fight broke out, and Kenny ended up helping, you know, get the better of uh, Hager. And then they took some shots of uh, milk with whiskey. Um, I'm liking this direction for for Paige. It doesn't seem like they're doing like he's a drunk so much more anymore. It's just he's a cowboy man that drinks, and I think that that's more fun. And I like how they're mixing it with Kenny, who does not drink in real life. How he's like, you know, cheersing him with milk. I think that's fucking hilarious. Um, I love Chris Jericho. Putting, being a witch and putting on the fucking cone on his head. Uh, I loved, I, I loved him. Uh, you know, going against Aubrey about uh, one of the calls and them going in like the tent to find out about it. Um, you know, the Lake of Reincarnation stuff we talked about. I know that there was a little bit, and it's it's understandable, I guess, to an extent. It's like how people had a problem with the the Edge and Randy match. With the Chris Benoit thing, it seemed like it was a little bit too close to have a drowning spot with what happened with Chad. I get that, but at the same time, they recorded it previously, and I, I didn't even think about it until afterwards. 
And I like seeing all the different Matt Hardys, including the Matt Facts. That shit was fucking funny as hell. And I don't know the the bell ringing on on poor um, on on Ortiz and him like you know shaking and shit like that, having convulsions and putting Santana. It was fucking hilarious, Chris. Give me some highlights on your end, man. Highlights. Uh, one of the Jackson brothers just repeatedly dragon suplexed a guy all the way <laughs> from one yard line to the other one. Sammy and Guevara then, got his ass kicked. And got a penalty and super kicked. Uh, the, uh, the tent... They threw the red flag for the challenge, and Jericho was not happy with Aubrey Edwards, but he did not harm her. That was great. <laughs> the uh, anything with Santana, Ortiz, and and uh, Hardy was amazing. <laughs> it was just the best. Like even leading up to the the pull of reincarnation, which by the way. If you're Jeff, if you're a Matt Hardy fan, you just kind of know that when he gets dipped in water, he switches to these different things. That's been a thing for a while. I don't. Yep. I don't. Was great. Welcome. The horse. <laughs> My wife was like, uh, "It's a very beautiful horse." <laughs> We're watching it together. <laughs> when I, when Adam Page got off the horse. It's a very pretty horse. And then, like, in the background, Tony Schiavone goes, that's a very beautiful horse. <laughs> and then later on, JR's like, it's a very handsome horse. <laughs> so that became an ongoing joke for me in my mind <laughs> of how pretty the horse was. But, uh, I mean, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. It was better than the Money in the Bank stuff because they had wrestling They did wrestling things and there was a ring like i said there was a ring i mean no one got pinned in ring but there was a ring (laughs) what about the fact that matt jackson broke a rib not only did those northern light suplexes throughout well i'm sure he didn't do it the whole entire field but a bunch of those but he actually jumped off a fucking goalpost did a moonsault like that's dedication man and he also wrestled on fucking dynamite and the one-winged angel off the top. Oh, my God, with Sammy. Everything was Could great. you imagine? I heard Brian talking about this. Imagine being in Sammy's position. You are just looking up, and you can kind of see what's going on. You have no idea what the fuck's going on. And falling <laughs> that far into, obviously, a pad with a bunch of shit on top of it. WWE, all of them do that. But still, that was a good ending, I think, to the match. And I just – I love Jericho. I, he's just fucking. He's so goddamn entertaining, man. He's hilarious. Alvarez is such a Sammy Guevara mark, though. <laughs> Sammy Guevara is, is good, but he is such a mark for him. He's <laughs> getting so over for losing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's, he's got constantly losing, but he's still getting so over. Brian Alvarez has two people. It's Otis and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> it's like he's a huge mark. He probably bought all their merch, so hopefully they have good merch. Uh, but to wrap it up, I, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed, you know, just just everything about it, man. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was well done. I loved the uh, the like I said, the Western thing in the fucking bar 
like I, they were they were great. And and then the follow up that was hilarious that we're gonna be talking about on AE Dynamite with uh <laughs> with Jericho and his crew. I love their group, man. I said it to you, Chris. They are the NWO meets Entourage. It's very true. I did call the 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 uh, drone version one as version 2.0 coming back. I did call that ahead of time, so that's like points for me, right? Yep, you like, can have that. How is he back and stronger than ever? Sammy so Guevara is the best, by the way, <laughs> at selling so anything. Funny. He's he's so great. Um, no, it. It ended in a pinfall, and they had a wrestling match. Yeah, it was all over the place, but they did have a wrestling match. And the main thing is, like, Jericho, all of these characters made me care about them. Whereas, like, watching uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match, where they just threw punches for forever. It's like, what's AJ going to do when he sees The Undertaker? And then he saw, he saw The Undertaker, he's like, ah. Oh. You're like, AJ's really good at wrestling. And the rest of it's like Doink the Clown and fucking JBL. Like, it's not comparable. We're going to get shit on because we're like, you're not really comparing them. And I was like, yeah, I kind of am. Uh, How can you not? <laughs> How can um, you not? One did not have Doink the Clown, JBL, and uh, uh, Brother Love. That's how no. that that that's what makes one better than the other. I don't know. Matt Matt Hardy was in one of these, and they had him in his company and could have done this if they really wanted to. Oh Lord. So uh, let's before we go into Raw, um, I wanted to say, uh, kind of go over uh, two what looks like worked injuries. And two actually shoot injuries, uh, unfortunately, uh, that happened this week. Um, the first, the the two worked injuries, and I mean, it was kind of, at first I did not know, uh, honestly, with Mark Quinn. Mark Quinn and, and Isaiah Cassidy both did a dive spot during their match in which they went over the the top and did the uh, the flippy, flippy thingy, Topi Conhilo, whatever the fuck it's called. But it looked like Mark Quinn landed wrong, and this ended up with Matt Hardy, after the match was done, helping him up and helping him to the back. And then we had the stare down with FTR and Young Bucks. That looks like that was just to set that up, basically. And, um, you know, he's, he's milking it like it wasn't a severe injury, but it's pretty much um, nothing to be worried about. Same thing with Tim- Timothy Thatcher in the teeth spot. Um WWE, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. They're saying that's true, but I'm pretty sure that was a bunch of bullshit. Just because if you got two of your fucking teeth knocked out, you're going to bleed a hell of a lot more. Um, and that's he's Cesaro. All... <laughs> exactly. Remember that? Those teeth didn't even get knocked out. They got, they got bashed up inside of his gums. But unlike them, unfortunately, both Jake Atlas suffered a rib injury. He should be good. But Shotzi Blackheart really did hurt her neck in that one spot where she did the dive and fell basically right the fuck on it, kind of bouncing off of uh, Raquel Gonzalez and just landing on her neck. So I hope Shotzi's okay and uh, gets gets better soon. Why? Why is she doing dives with someone that can't catch her? I, she's so money. Shotzi's so good. How are you yeah. going to wrestle 
through a vault for so many years and almost kill yourself a bazillion times. And the one time he gets to WWE, the person's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to catch you. <laughs> what the well, fuck? She's she kind of bounced off of her, man. She just. It's, uh, this goes back to the AOP stuff with Samoa Joe. It's like Samoa Joe wrestled in TNA doing the same dive a bazillion times with a bunch of random wrestlers. <laughs> AOP is trained by WWE. They can't catch him. And how big they are? <laughs> They're massive. They're like. Two are you times talking about Are you talking about Joe or KO? When KO did that run up the ramp and tried to do a front flip and completely just ate shit because AOP well, didn't catch him. Well, when he knew that no one was there, he just squashed whoever he was supposed to hit in the middle. So that sucked for that guy. But Joe like is not. Yeah. So he like went for AOP twice and they just weren't there. <laughs> He's like, bruh, you know, if I was the undertaker right now, <laughs> you guys be getting fucked up in the locker room. <laughs> oh man. Well, that kind of reminds me of that. Cause obviously, you know, watch the, the latest episode of uh, the last uh, ride from undertaker and then going over that cluster fuck of a match. And Sean doing the spot where he did the moon salt, <laughs> and he like looked behind himself, said "fuck it," and did it. And Taker and Kane both didn't catch him, and he broke his nose hitting it on the floor. Jesus Christ! Well, bad Taker, spots, are bad spots. Taker got his life saved by a cameraman in that match too. If you're talking about the first one. No, I'm talking about that. the one in Saudi Arabia. Oh, I thought you meant the 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 first one where Taker hits that huge dive. And out of nowhere, the cameraman shows up to catch him. Well, you know who that was, right? Rewatch that. No, I have no idea, but it was amazing because the cameraman came out of nowhere and he was like, we can't let Taker die and like saved his life. <laughs> so so the truth behind that, because I heard Sean talk about this, is uh, that's Jimmy Snooka's son. Um, what the hell's his name? I can't think of it for the life of me. Um, and they had that spot was supposed to be. The cameraman was supposed to be there to catch him, but Sean realized he wasn't going to be able to catch him, so he grabbed his ass and threw him into Taker's to, to you know, basically break Taker's fall from doing that spot. So that what the ace? He, yeah, uh, that's, that's a very much a Sean version of the story of what happened because what I saw from watching that match is Sean accidentally fucked off the right side of the ring. And Taker went to hit his spot, and there was no one there, and the cameraman ran out of nowhere and caught Taker. <laughs> I think you need to watch that again. He definitely gets pushed by Sean into it, but um, sorry for that. Um, let's start off with Raw. Raw has uh, both NXT and WWE, uh, well, just basically Performance Center people in the crowd, standing six feet apart. And separated. Um, the show opened with Kevin Owens interviewing Asuka for the KO show, formerly known as the Kevin Owens Show. That was pretty Why? funny. Why? They were inter- they were interrupted by Charlotte, who uh, the Raw Women's Championship uh, should have been handed to instead of Asuka. Uh, and uh, has never Asuka's never beaten her. They were interrupted by Natalia and the Nia Jack. And then Asuka fought Jax and Flair fought Natalia. That would lead up to a match. How'd you like the opening? And, dude, the Kevin Owens show. I mean, the KO show. Isn't that great? 
No. Fuck. It's not fucking great. He's supposed to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's stunnering people. He's whipping ass. And now he's doing a fucking Roddy Piper show? What the fuck is this shit? Fuck all of this show. Also, this match doesn't make any sense. Charlotte's been whipping the shit out of every top contender that comes near her. And now, like, she's got, she's basically getting looped into a four-way match. Like, fuck off. So, yeah, I hated it. Hated it. All right. So we had, I think, the best thing about Raw, uh, the U.S. championship match. A good match between Apollo Crews and Andrade. Um, WWE cut away from the match in the middle of an Angel Garza interview. Uh, I did not know that, but that's listed from Uproxx. Don't really remember, but I wouldn't put it past them to screw up on that. Uh, but Cruz won with his standing shooting star press, winning the first championship in WWE. After the match, Cruz was interviewed, and Andrade used one of the clingy poles to aimlessly attack the backstage area. He was very angry. He was beating the living shit out of everything back there. But, um, man, uh, I'm very happy for Apollo, man. He's a damn good wrestler, uh, you know, heavily influenced by Kurt Angle and uh, just a badass in the ring. Not the best on the mic. Took him a long time to get a championship. I don't have a problem with Andrade losing this belt. Um, it was a good match. What did you think, Chris? So Apollo Cruz is from here. He's from Stone Mountain. I think his name is like Umha or Umha. I, I can't pronounce it properly. Uh, but yeah, I loved him getting a title. Like I loved him getting a big win. That's awesome. Um. Uha, that's that's what it, I think that's what it is. That was his original name on NXT. So go back and maybe I'm fucking it up, but he had an original name. They changed it because it was too hard to say for the announcement. Uh, I liked it. Thought it was really good. Apollo Cruz looks great. That guy's a really fucking good wrestler. They should have left him on NXT longer and uh, not put him in a bunch of bullshit matches with his manager being Titus O'Neil and he jobbed a lot. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> the, guy can do it. A, the guy's like 225 pounds, like six, two can do a standing moonsault. We know what we're going to do with this guy. Have him job to like Sammy Zane. <laughs> You're like the fuck. <laughs> Why? Wow. Oh, uh, Alright, so Seth Rollins got a promo on Rey Mysterio uh, with his mask in his hand as his new trophy. Uh, and apparently Mysterio will have a retirement ceremony from Seth on next week's Raw. <laughs> that should be interesting. That could go to fucking hell real quick. You want to piss off fans, piss all over Jeff Hardy and then piss all over Ray right afterwards. That will help uh, Seth get good heat. <laughs> the Iconics apologized to each other. They were interrupted by Alexa Bliss. Uh, Nikki Cross and Cross and uh, Alexa both argued with the Iconics about friendship. Peyton and Billy attacked them and posed with the women's tag team title belts. I don't care. Um, yeah. So the set stuff with Ray could go really cool in a cool direction. Or like I say, it could be a fucking dumpster fire. I still don't give a shit about the Iconics getting the belts. I just don't really care for them. Um Man, I feel bad. Sean Spears and his lovely uh, fiance Peyton don't really uh, don't really like you guys. 
you're annoying to me. What do you think, Chris? It's not the Iconics' fault. They have zero tag team division. I'll give them that. Like, yeah. at least they're a fucking tag team. They are a tag team. They come off as a tag team. They do tag team moves. They yell a bunch of annoying shit we all hate. Uh, they're a tag team. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but they're at least a tag the team. Reasoning. <laughs> the reasoning. The reasoning. They yell a bunch of shit that we don't like. But they're a tag team. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> I mean, like, it's hard to hate on them for being a fucking tag team in a, in a tag division that has one team besides them. Like, congratulations. It's a, it's a fucking coin toss if you're going to do roll-up pins. Like, gives a shit. I'm not trying to be mean, but the women's tag division, there's so much more you can do with it. And we've talked about this on end. There are so many good female wrestlers in the WWE. Some that they just released that just uh, now work at Impact. <laughs> you could have done shit with, and that's this is what we get. All right, cool, fine. <laughs> like, I agree. I fucking agree with you. Oh God. What was the other match? I'm so pissed I can't even think of it now. <laughs> Uh, well, Drew McIntyre was a guest on MVP's VIP Lounge. MVP said that when offered to manage McIntyre, McIntyre claimed him. He decided uh, he would end McIntyre's uh, upcoming championship run. Lashley was brought out, and McIntyre claimed uh, MVP again, and then get the hell out of there. So we're setting this more up. MVP's money on the mic, man. I like this pairing with him and Lashley. It looks like a, a suitable opponent. I don't expect the wrestling to be that all amazing um, because McIntyre's going to have to lead it for the most part. But um, I still like what they're building up for this championship setting. And I think that this is going to be – I think it's going to be Lashley, and then probably I'm assuming uh, Jinder will be the next person, and then we'll get maybe uh, someone a little bit more savvy in the ring. You know, I was, I was actually impressed by Drew's match with uh, with Seth. And uh, I know that I'm going to be basically watching two two pieces of meat slapping together, as Biggie would say. But, uh, uh, <laughs> Big meat you, slapping meat. <laughs> slapping meat. How did you like uh, this segment with MVP and Drew McIntyre? Drew uh, McIntyre. MVP's great on the promo. Why did they not just have him do the fucking match? Uh, sorry. Um. Yeah, it was fine. It's, it's great, true. It's, it's it's a good fucking build up. It's it's it is what it is. I mean, at least I know that Drew McIntyre can probably have a good match with Lashley if they slow things down. So I don't have a huge problem with it. <laughs> Where the fuck is Lana, by the way? Did they just squash that off screen? Is there some kind of fucking thing that I don't know about? I don't know. She just keeps on screaming uh, in the back angrily. So, like, he's officially with MVP now, right? Yep. Okay. I think I think the the story should be that Bobby and, and MVP fell in love. That really would be great. Some, and MVP would dynamic. sell the yeah, MVP would sell the shit out of that dude. It'd be amazing. Oh God! Uh, don't even but, don't give him ideas. <laughs> that would be a great idea. What are you talking? That's a good idea. They wouldn't do it, but it's a fucking great idea. 
lesbian storyline, fine. Two two guys getting together. No way, Jose. No. Just ask, just ask uh, the primetime players. Oh, Lord. Uh, Angel Garza uh, went against Kevin Owens. <sighs> well, he, get, he got fucked on. <laughs> Garza attacked Owens during the Owens ring entrance to get the upper hand. And later in the match, hit him with the wing clipper to win the match and score an upset. I get they try to protect KO by having him get attacked before the match by the heel. That's fine. Kevin Owens beats Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Kevin <laughs> Owens doesn't come back for three weeks later with a stupid segment show where he's being a pussy to get like trying to be chicken shit to get away from people by standing on the apron, not being tough at all, loses to Angel Garza, and you gave Seth Rollins immediately a fucking title shot. Logic in this? No idea. When's his contract up? 2023. That's what you get for signing a five-year deal, my bud. Uh, he's fucked for a long time. So is Samoa Joe. So is Sami Zayn. Um, Maybe he should have taken that offer from Triple H back in fucking uh, February to go to NXT. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what to tell you. You know how I feel about Kevin Owens. They fucked up a guy that was like basically perfect coming in and beating John Cena. It's like there's your top heel right there. There you go. Run with it. Austin meets Foley, man. It's so. <sighs> so bad so like whatever the fuck they're doing with kevin owens now it's not gonna matter because kevin will still get it over like Angel he's gonna make it win too. like it could have been someone else that we really couldn't stand as a wrestler winning against kevin owens i like mean if they in let what gender beat world? him no but in what fucking world does angel garza go like over kevin steen i don't know man like, he, he, it doesn't fucking happen. He's not on the same fucking level. I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, Angel Gars is great. I like him. He's fun. He's fun personality. He's not fucking Kevin Owens. He doesn't represent the chubby kids out there doing split-legged moonsaults off the top rope and shit. Like, like me. You're just... <laughs> you're fucking wrong. He's... Kevin Owens is your Dusty Rhodes. Yep. He's the guy. It's not hard to turn him into that guy. The company is just fucking stupid, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> even Jim Cornette knew that shit, and he doesn't even like Kevin Owens. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain this anymore. Like, your company is fucking stupid sometimes. Like, sometimes. Angel Garza. We're really on Raw. He does a pants gimmick. Cool. That makes him better than fucking Kevin Owens. Okay, we'll roll with that. Let me know how that works out for your company in a few years. I'll, the only thing positive, I guess, I, the silver lining is that he got attacked beforehand, so they just did a heel maneuver. But if he just lost flat out, I would have been even more fucking furious. But the so. heel maneuver is now he has to work with this bullshit group that's lost like seven weeks in a row. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, all right, well, the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders uh, f uh, feuded um, by playing golf. Um, I actually thought these segments have been funny. Like I said, I feel like they're kind of taking the whole uh, Mr. Perfect thing and just making it like a battle between them. Uh, they're not wrestling, but 
hey, at least it's, it's humor and it's not it's not terrible humor like I would expect from WWE. Um, did you think did you like the golf segment, Chris? I liked it way more than the Kevin Owens segment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. I think they're doing a good job with this setup, and like, I just you're doing babyface versus babyface, and maybe that's what they're going for. They there needs to be a heel tag team to start interrupting these events. AOP would be the perfect choice if they're healthy. Yeah. Um, but like otherwise, they're just having fun with each other, and that's weird. Because you eventually know. it needs to lead to a wrestling match. Exactly. Ex- I was about to say the exact <laughs> same fucking thing. So maybe you, you build up all this. Uh, this is the way I would do it, at least. You build up all this. You have this situation where they have like these competitive rivalry. They're friends, or we, we're supposed to think that. They have the match. War Raiders win. They go to you know shake each other's hands. They embrace each other. And then the the War Raiders just beat the living fuck out of the Street Profits and put them over as this much more, you know, scary heel team. That's that's what I would do. Um, do is there even a fucking heel tag team on Raw? Do you know what I would do? Because the Usos have been gone so long, draft them to Raw and have the Usos jump both these fuckers and have them be heel again. There you go. There's another one. All right, because so Lana and MVP. Usos don't care if you, you win a axe throwing competition. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> then, then again, Jay's fucking hurt. Of, oh God damn it! That's what I'm saying. When they get healthy again, there, yeah. there's that. That's a good choice. Here's, you can move them. It doesn't matter. The why is it that? Tag teams, so that's well, the thing that's fucking stupid. Is why does a tag team have to hold back both guys? I was happy to see Jay involved in the Battle Royal as a singles wrestler since he's, Jimmy's not going to be around. But I don't remember if it's Akam or Razor that's hurt. The one that's not hurt, why isn't he the heavy still in fucking Seth Rollins' group? Why does he have to stay at home and not do a goddamn thing? Well, because they're trying to turn Seth babyface. Which we both yeah. know. <laughs> they don't give a shit about any of that. It's going to be like Buddy Murphy turns on Seth. And then Seth is the the baby face, and they're gonna work their way out of that so he can sell the man's man's t-shirt again. Oh God. Uh, yeah, and I liked when Adam Cole brought it up to uh, William Regal on NXT, but we'll get there. That was pretty <laughs> fucking funny. Um, Lana and MVP continued to argue backstage about Lashley's future. MVP basically got the better of her, and she screamed a lot. Murphy. And Austin Theory went against Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo. Theory pinned Carrillo after an ATL after the match. Rollins threatened to put Carrillo's eye out like he did Mysterio's if Black didn't stand down. Black and Rollins will happen on next week's episode. Kind of like I, I – I, there's going to be some fuckery. They're going to lead to the two of them, I think, at a pay-per-view. And I'm looking forward to their match next week, even if there is you know, some type of interference to set that up. Um, I've been wanting to see Black and Rollins in a match. I'm, I'm, dude, Buddy Murphy's a fucking awesome wrestler. Austin Theory, we're all happy for him. 23 years old. <laughs> AT Alien, awesome fucking wrestler. I'm glad they were in a tag team. It was great to see Austin go through NXT like that, go to the main roster, and he just got a win 
against Aleister Black and Humberto Carrillo. Uh, he's, su- he's such a Vince guy. He's going to get pushed eventually. Because he had no turbulence from like NXT to Maine to where he's at now with his build and his size and everything. He is just like the perfect Vince Triple H guy. And I hate to say that about him, but he kind of is. He is just the – we said that even going back when we were talking about him. It's like, he's fucking great, and he's really good, and he's a lot bigger than, like, Seth Rollins. Like, damn, I think this might be Vince's next guy. Yep. So. I think he's going to do great, man. And and, and right now is a, tag, a, a tandem tag team with Buddy Murphy. That's going to be fun to watch in the meantime. And I think that – like I said, man – it's just like Jericho, even though Seth's much younger. Being under Seth Rollins and getting to hang with him is only going to make him better on TV, a better wrestler, and get to like you know learn about stuff. So that's fucking dude. It's he. I just watched him in Southern Honor Wrestling about five or six months ago. Yeah, I mean like we, we were fucking watching. Uh, we were watching him back in evol- like evolve. Evolve. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, he's fucking great. Like, I think if you go back two years on this podcast, I'm like, Austin Theory, he's fucking great. <laughs> How he's not on the roster already. But, hey, um, man, he, he's like Keith Lee. We talked about both of them. You, specifically, you were the Keith Lee guy, more so than me, because I didn't see that much Keith Lee. You were the Theory guy, though. You definitely... Yeah. Uh, ta- uh, Edge talked about his upcoming backlash match against Randy Orton. Um, good stuff, man. Good, solid. He, I mean, Edge, what he can say with his face, that that the level that he's gotten better as a performer, even though he's always been good at this aspect because of acting, you know, on Vikings and a lot of the other stuff. He's just very believable, and I'm looking forward to this match. I'm hoping it's gonna be better than their their previous match. But the tagline, the greatest wrestling match ever, I'm going to fucking bash my head in with the goddamn, like, I, why would you do that to them? Like, I'm sure Orton and Edge are not happy about them trying to fucking put that tagline. Stupid. The greatest wrestling match of all time. The only way this will be the greatest match of all time is if they have a three-star match and Okada drops from the ceiling and gives all of them a fucking Rainmaker. <laughs> It'll be a five-star match. Because it'll be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> That's the only way. Like, they could have a good match. They could have a good match. But, like, if we're being honest, like, greatest match of all time, better than Sean and, Sean and, uh, and Brett, better than Austin and Brett, Better than Brent comes up with a lot of these in mind, by the way. It turns out better than Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, like best of all time within your own company, like better than Sean Taker one, Sean Taker two. That's a hard sell for Randy Orton yeah. versus Edge. I don't think any of them have ever even gotten close to that quality of match, and I'm not disrespecting any of. Like, I'm not disrespecting either of them as wrestlers, but if you watch, like, Sean versus Undertaker 2, and then you, and these guys have wrestled before, one's a 25 minute match where they just hit each other with shit, so recently. <laughs> you but you know, you know what I'm also saying, works? Chris? Do you think that either of those guys wanted that title for the fucking match, or they were like, Vince, 
why is this why why are we hyping it like this? Only as a troll. Maybe like years later, Edge would be like, "Yeah, we were just trolling you guys." Like it's so not. Dumb. It's not even close. Like there's an argument to be made. The greatest WrestleMania match of all time is uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Didn't have a lot, but it was still fucking way better than that 27 minutes of bullshit I watched between Randy Orton and Edge. Like, or, or, and we both we both know how much I feel about Warrior Warrior versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Great, it's a fucking classic match. Way way fucking better. So like, don't don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. Now, I will give them the benefit of a doubt because they're both great wrestlers, and they may give them twelve minutes, and maybe they get like DDP. They call Gato, they call all these people, and they put on the perfect wrestling match. And it's the best of all time. And that is the best match. But that hardcore shit they did, it was terrible. Yeah. After jumping off of that, I don't think you should name your next match the greatest without actually having it yet. Um, you should hey, have that- a next match because that's the fucking finality of your feud so dumb they did it backwards mvp <laughs> confronted the street profits about being clowns they made fun of him for getting kicked in the face by drew mcintyre bobby lashley came uh this set up profits versus mvp and lashley for the main event uh, we had the raw women's uh, championship number one contender triple threat and nia Jax beat natalia and charlotte Flair with a samoan drop on natty um damn but uh what are you What are you gonna do, Natalia? Ta- Natalia takes the L. You think You think fucking the Queen was gonna take that one? Uh, is it, Nia Jax? Let's give her a title shot. You know, Chris. Doesn't that make sense? Uh huh. Who is she going against? Shana? Oh, guess what, guys? I have to, some some <laughs> wonderful stuff to tell you about next week's Monday Night Raw, which was previously recorded. I'm not gonna give you any spoilers, but Nia fucked up Kerry Zane again <laughs> and busted her whole entire head open during their match. So. Good job. And she's got a title shot. All right, well, well, maybe Shayna becomes one of the girls and just fucking shoots on her ass. I like that. (laughs) Like, that's where you're at, though. She called out Ronda Rousey for being unsafe. Like, (laughs) let's think about this. Ronda Rousey had six months of wrestling training. How long has Nia Jax been wrestling? I mean, I hate to bury her, but like, for fuck's sake. She's fucking Samoan. She's a part of the damn Unaloa family. They're all great wrestlers. What the fuck? It's been five years at this point. Like, I'm surprised Natalia hasn't shot on her and broke her fucking ankle or some shit. Like... Well, I guess Nia thinks she'll just beat their ass or some shit. Fuck I, I, I just don't – I don't understand why they – Put her in the ring with Shayna. Put her in the ring with Shayna. I'd love to no, see that. The idea is don't put her in the ring with anyone you want to get over because she may injure them. Because the idea <laughs> would be making Carrie versus – if you're putting Charlotte back on Raw, then Carrie versus Asuka would be your very real matchup. Like, if you're splitting brands, that would be the very real matchup. Like, I'm sorry, Nia's just not fucking over. She's not. She's she's not. They could uh, fire you... her and hire, like, Aja Kong to show up. 
<laughs> like That's she did for me. AEW. Like, you know what Aja Kong won't do? Fuck everyone up in the ring that she's working hey, with. <laughs> as as much as I gave Tamina shit, Tamina's safer, and she's definitely better in the ring than fucking Naya. Sorry. Aja Kong's like twice. I don't want to say twice. That's kind of me. She's one and a half quarter the size of Naya, and she has zero problems on wrestling. <laughs> so it's not Ugh. that fucking hard. Just don't. She just she picks up, and it's 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 anyone of that weight class, anyone that's 120, like Alexa Bliss, Carrie Zane. We've seen it's it. It's her best friend. <laughs> She's injured her best friend. The same same person she complained to Ronda for injuring. She, fucking joke. You know who's good? Jessica Havoc. Jessica Havoc has had matches with way smaller girls in Impact, and I've seen her put her, them down like they were a fucking pillow. Ne- awesome. Like I just don't get it. Awesome Kong. She had matches with Velvet Sky. Never once hurt her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and seriously. Velvet, and Velvet Sky is not very good in the ring. Sorry, Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, Bubba or, or, or Bully, it has nothing to do with me. It's Chris who said that. Just, uh, pay attention to that one. I don't want to get I'm, I mean, at. I'm just saying, like, where is Mickey James? Where are the veterans here I'm, outside of, of Charlotte? They're Claire? too old. <laughs> but there needs to be someone there that accounts her for these injuries because they're stacking. It's not that like would be, this. That, that should be Natalia. She's supposed to be the locker room leader for the girls, so go fucking well, say she, something. Then she needs to twist her into a fucking pretzel. Because Undertaker wouldn't let that shit go. So, R Truth and Rob Gronkowski both cut promos. R Truth still thinks that Gronk is. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. And, and Gronk called him Our Lies. Funny shit. <laughs> I'm 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 all right with it. Ric Flair believes that Orton will defeat Edge uh, for their match, and Liv Morgan still doesn't know who she is. So those are the three segments going into the main event. Any comments on those? I love the recreation history of Orton being beating Edge because Ric Flair is a uh, Orton guy, which is not how that shit shook out at all in Evolution. Like, he was the last man out. They basically beat the shit. They beat him out of the gang. And then he had to yep. f- defend his entire career for, like, half a year. And then he lost to Shawn Michaels, which had nothing to do with the rest of Evolution. Uh, so I fucking hated that as a wrestling fan. But I get it. I get why they did that. They make up their own continuity, man. It's It sucks. Hopefully Orton spears, uh, you know, not Orton, but uh, hopefully Edge spears Orton through all of the arena. Channel his his inner, uh, inner Shane McMahon just spears. What was that? What was the other question? Sorry, I just got mad because I feel like they just like FaceTime. They're like, hey, Rick, I see that you're on that cameo. Got five hundred bucks for you, dog. Say some shit. Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is, too. Uh, how'd you like the little back and forth between Rob Gronkowski and R-Truth? I'm assuming, if not at this next pay-per-view, they're setting up a match at, I guess, SummerSlam between the two of them? I think it's great if Tom Brady somehow pins his own teammate for the God, title. that'd be hilarious. And that just because be 
Tom Brady's like kind of the ultimate heel. Like if, if you're you not a Patriot, Tom Brady, if you're entered, not a Patriot and then, fan, you fucking hate him. <laughs> and then our truth goes, yo, Gronk, I don't want to fight Gronk. I want to fight Tom Brady. And like it's Tom Brady there. That would be hilarious if he just doesn't know the difference between the two of them. I mean, he doesn't um, do anything. Tom Brady's like obviously in good shape. All he's got to do is do a schoolboy. A schoolboy, hook the tights, get the pin on our truth, win the 24 7 title. Gets tackled in practice, lose it, and you just rotate it out. But I feel like they're working that that shit out with Tom Brady's agent because this thing has been going for a while. So Tom Brady must be like, "Hey, you want me to do this? It's gonna cost you a lot of fucking money." No shit. Because all right, so our- there's something what? that comes with all those Super Bowl titles, which is you can just be like, "It's gonna cost you a lot of money." <laughs> yep. If they want them. Uh, so the last match was Street Profits going against MVP and Bobby Lashley. So at one point, Bobby was not uh, the legal man, and he just put, um, I forgot which one, in the, the full Nelson. He wouldn't let go, so he got the, the team DQ'd. Uh, after the match, Lashley and Drew McIntyre brawled, and that's how we set off uh, Raw. Kind of a lackluster way to end it, I would say. I would say a terrible main event. And, and they didn't even get give him that long. It was like all of a sudden Bobby Lashley decided, fuck it, I'm not the main guy. I'm going to put him in the full Nelson. So if you were the legal man, that means that you would be able to, you know, get that guy to tap out. But since you weren't, you fucking fucked over your own team. Like that's really smart logic to make your heel going against a, the, the champion. I don't know. Drew McIntyre wrestled before <laughs> Bobby Lashley. Think about that. Yep. What's your is is Bobby Lashley the draw? Do you think he's a draw? Because they can call Dixie Carter right now, and she can be like, he's not a fucking draw. He's just just like just like Jinder. I think he's just someone for a big tree to for Drew to knock over. You know, I I don't I don't expect this going long, and I definitely don't expect him to get the belt. But they get the main event over Drew. Yeah. Well, it's because, I guess, they got Drew involved by him coming out and having a brawl with Bobby Lashley after he was doing some heel shit and wouldn't put, uh, what's his name, um, out of the uh, full Nelson. So I, I kind of get it, but yeah, it's whatever. You and I, Raw versus yeah. SmackDown, if we had the current roster, we would never book that scenario because it's no. fucking terrible. <laughs> Your main event guy is in the main event. <laughs> like, the fuck? It's hey. not even that hard. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what's good? You know what's good, Chris? We're on Wednesday. So let's start talking about AEW Dynamite. It's not good. They took one of my favorite wrestlers away. Oh, yeah. It's all sad from here. No, but it's still pretty good. (laughs) Wednesday is really good. There's good-ass wrestling. Oh, Lord. All right, so the show opened with the Inner Circle surrounded by boxes of Inner Circle Stadium Stampede Champion (laughs) T-shirts that they had printed before the match. Uh, They only thought it was three boxes worth, and then Santana's like, oh, uh, way more than that, opened up to reveal in the back of a truck just a million boxes of them. So, you know, we just get the start of it, and they're just not in a good mood. But, hey, Chris Jericho has this big celebration planned for them later on, and, you know, they're going to have a pep rally We'll get to that. 
Broken Matt Hardy is excited to team with the Young Bucks, but the Young Bucks wanted him to change personas for this. And I love that he's just doing this on a whim. I think it's awesome. So he went from the, the current version of Broken Matt Hardy and came back as uh, the like the Hardy Boys version one. And they were like, no, we want you to go earlier than that. So he actually went, I believe, to like back when him and his brother were doing the fucking trampoline wrestling. Yeah. Let's be fucked. Let's Michael be spot Hayes. Michael P.S. Hayes error of Matt Hardy as a man. Let's let's be spot monkeys. And then they posed all that was fucking funny as hell. That I love that shit. But um, how'd you like Chris Jericho and the inner circle dealing with uh, the amount of t-shirts they made? And how'd you like uh, Matt Hardy going to that version to go and team with the Young Bucks? God, was it Santana that got his Santana that got his bell rung? No. Ortiz did. God, Ortiz selling of that shit where they were talking about the shirts. He's like, we got all these shirts. And he's like, what? <laughs> he just yells really fucking loud. There's shirts here. Oh, all of them are becoming so funny, man. All of them. Well, we knew Even LA. Jake Hager. Jake Hager, I'm surprised about. The rest of them I kind of just would expect would adapt to Jericho because LAX was really good beforehand. So we knew LAX was going to be – Jake Hagar is the one that's like surprising the poetry later on. We'll get to that. The poetry was great. <laughs> but uh, I like Jericho's like got this little like group that he's put under his crow wings and he's like, hey – this is how you become a good wrestler. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and also Ortiz is like the best of all time. He's so great. What was that wrestler that passed away recently that uh, Macho Man got the oh yeah thing? Because um, what Cornette refers to him as um, uh, Little Frippo. Is it is it Marco Frippo? I can't remember. Oh my god, you're asking me something that I would have to dig for, sir. Well, either way, I, I now notice that comparison after watching a bunch of his his promos that wow, he is kinda like that. He has that same Fur- Furpo, very stuff. And it, it's Furpo and he also like boxed with Jake De La Mata as a heel. It was like a fake boxing match, but he did that shit. Like his dad was a boxing Yeah, Pompero Furpo. He even yeah. kind of looks like them. Yeah, he so calls like, him Mini Furpo. Yeah, so people that think boxing is not a fucking work, get at us. <laughs> 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 because it literally was a work. Jake LaMotta did not win as many fights as he actually did. All right, so the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy went against Private Party and Joey Janela. This is a fun match, um, as you can tell. Probably lots of super kicks, <laughs> but um, I think that we kind of went over the big part of it. Is at what part Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy both did matching uh, flips over the ropes to take out the Young Bucks, and they did an angle where it, Mark Quinn looked like he was hurt, messed up his ankle, so he was taken out of the match. You know, they were kind of like dealing with him, and shortly after that, Isaiah Cassidy took a super kick and a more bang for your buck. And got pinned after the match. Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy uh, took Mark Quinn out of there. And that's when we had the Butcher and the Blade, who kind of got accidentally involved in the match. Um, there was a spot outside where 
uh, Matt Jackson kind of ducked, and uh, I think it was the Butcher got knocked right in the face. So they came in, and they started attacking. Then out of nowhere, we hear, like, like it sounded like a uh, what you call old-school vehicle, like a, like a muscle car, and it was. And who the fuck's in it? FTR. Uh, FTR, formerly the Revival. Uh, now, fuck the rest is what they're going to go for, because they can't do uh, four or uh, whatchamacallit, for the revolt or whatever they were originally going to do. Uh, they basically got cease and desist from another tag team who were called the revolt. Weird, but whatever. FTR is fine. Uh, they, they, should, drove... they should just be fuck the revival as their tag team name. Yeah, now it kind of makes sense. But I, <laughs> I, like, I like fuck the rest as in like, you know, we're going to we want to beat everyone. But they, they got there. They looked like they were going to help Butcher and the Blade. Then they attacked them. And they went over to the Young Bucks, and we didn't know if they were going to attack them next or if they were going to, like, try to shake their hands. And they just turned and they got the fuck out of there. I really like this. This is just setting stuff in place for a tag team match. And I am happy to have the Revival, along with the Young Bucks, the Best Friends, Private Party, LAX, all these fucking stacked tag teams. I mean, their their tag team division is looking pretty damn good. Um, And I... Instead of having them immediately just beat the shit out of the Young Bucks, they're they're taking their time with this, and I think that was a smart idea. I enjoyed the match. I just hate false, especially when they throw up the X. I don't like fake fucking injury angles. There's an easier way to get Matt Hardy away from the situation so you can do that. I don't know. That might just be me. Well, I mean, like? well, I mean, Matt Hardy also helped the guy to the back to get him out of the scene. Yeah. Which was kind of the problem. They were like, how do we get Matt Hardy out of this? <laughs> so that's where that came from. But it is what it is. Matt was being good guy Matt Hardy. Which is fine. Um, I love the truck they pulled up in. That C-10 looks sick. Uh, they looked very small compared to the Young Bucks. Where's Jim Cornette at to compare dick sizes to these guys? Good point. <laughs> because they're not taller than the Young Bucks. I was God. like waiting for them to fucking show up and be like, oh, they're going to tower over the fucking Young Bucks just because uh, of WWE. And they didn't. The Young Bucks are like, no, we're taller. Like maybe they're wearing lifts or something. I have no fucking idea with the Young Bucks. But still, the, if you look at, if you watch that when they first face each other, the Young Bucks got like two inches on them. I thought the whole thing was that the Young Bucks were little and they only do spots and shit. And the Revival is this hardcore grapple team, which isn't as good as the, the what's the bro team? <laughs> what's, what's Matt Rill's team? <laughs> oh, man, the Broserweights. <laughs> yeah, not as good as the Broserweights. <laughs> kind of bullshit. So, like, when I saw it, I didn't expect it to happen, but it does make sense with their size. They are perfect going against each other. The old school versus new school. It's going to be awesome. Um, I just, But, like, anyone who's a Cornette fan, make sure you piss in his fucking Cheerios because he's such a goddamn size queen. And they're smaller than the Young Bucks. So piss in his fucking Cheerios. You know, and I I heard Jr. and it's kind of the point where I think that Jericho and Jr. are just kind of sick of it because like he's supposed to be friends of theirs and he's you know he is who he is and I like Jim Cornette but 
Jr. was the same man. If you could, if he could get over his shit and not be the way he is, he could make so much money being the fucking manager that brought this team into it um, and bringing that storyline into reality. But instead, he's just in his ways, and that's how he is. And there's not, there's not gonna, he's just gonna do what he does, man. Yeah, I mean that takes nothing away from either of these tag teams. They're gonna have some great no. ass matches. And hopefully the club shows up Ugh. and you know, really start that. you really start seeing how big motherfuckers are because Gallows is bigger than I think anyone on their fucking roster. At six to eight, like three hundred and thirty pounds, he's gonna be massive. I think people forget how big you have to be in WWE. Like Zack Ryder is gonna dwarf like half their roster. So you gotta be really careful on who you bring in to the like Chris Jericho's 5'10 and he looks massive against certain people so uh and, and yeah. like I said getting to the size queen shit but it it does make a, a difference in the match but the young bucks versus the the revival I think every wrestling fan has been waiting for that since the original be the elite but the revival uh, at that WrestleMania chop block. God and I damn. also wonder if they got heat for that because someone did do the suck it recently on TV. So wonder what the lawsuit like that's going to look like. Hope, hopefully it doesn't. Man. <laughs> oh God. If I could just, if I could just, I mean, new day is not going anywhere, but if I could pluck the Usos, pluck Gorillas of destiny, pluck the North from Impact, and pluck the Briscoes, it would be the best fucking tag team division on the planet. I don't know. Either way, let's move on. We had John Moxley join the commentary team and explain that he was there to watch Brian Cage in action. Cause I, I like stuff like this. You know, they rarely do it, um, especially on, on WWE, where it makes sense for the champion to want to the first time, not wait later on after they've brawled a bunch of times to come and talk shit about them on commentary, but to be in a sports way watching the the, the person that they're going to go against to get notes. And Brian Cage went against uh, Lee Johnson, and Cage threw Johnson around like a rag doll. I love all of his spots, man. His enziguri is amazing that he does uh, in the corner. He's such a big dude, and he's able to move like it's nothing. It's it's it is nuts. And uh, he put him in a drill claw. I every time I see a drill claw, I think of Scott Steiner's screwdriver. Um, just a fucking. It looks like a vicious pile driver. Very very little uh, room for error. And afterwards, Taz I mean, cut a promo. I mean. He did drop that guy on his fucking neck, though. Did he not catch him? No, it looks bad. But but I've seen that move like a bazillion times beforehand, so I don't know if it was just off-sync or whatever, but that shit looked bad, however you dropped that guy. I'm glad that guy is okay. Put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, afterwards, so Taz cut a promo about how Cage will tear Moxley's heart out of his uh, chest at Fighter Fest. You know, he, Taz is on fire, man. I don't know how they're going to transition him back into commentary because he's definitely become much more amped as a as a heel manager. But maybe not so necessarily a heel. I don't I don't know if we're supposed to perceive Taz and Cage yet as heel or if they're just 
domineering and they don't steer one way or the other. Uh, but I thought Taz was awesome on the mic. Brian Cage looked like a monster. Moxley looked shook. Good stuff. How'd you like this, Chris? I liked it a lot because there's there isn't a lean towards whether they're babyface or not because that makes you make the decision on who you like more. And in my opinion, I like Brian Cage and Taz more because I'm a huge Taz mark, right? I want to see sick release German suplexes. I did love the announce team. I think it was Tony Schiavone. He's like, well, he's he's in there with this with the suplex machine. He mentioned it when he hit a German release. Um, it's going to be very, very, very odd. But I don't think it's bad. I don't think you're necessarily supposed to like Moxley. Moxley's kind of your in-between, and that's why I was a little bit off on him being champion. At least with Jericho, you knew. Like, Jericho's the top guy. To me, Moxley hasn't really ascended past where Jericho is. Brian Cage could possibly do that, especially with he, uh, like with uh, Taz being his manager, as being in this dominant elite force until he just turns on Taz. Yeah, I agree. Would you be Would you be opposed? Um, and you know, we don't know what Cobb's doing exactly, but if Jeff Cobb does get involved with AEW, could Taz take in two people under his wing, or do you want to see him just specifically with Brian Cage? Or maybe even if Cain Velasquez, like you suggested. Cain Velasquez, I'm okay with Brian. Like uh, Jeff Cobb, I think he misses. I think he missed his spot. I don't know how you bring him back in because he was supposed to be part of the inner circle. So how do you really introduce that guy back in if you have a dominant monster like Brian Cage, and you also have like Brody Lee out there who is a dominant monster? You run into this problem. You can't have too many of the same big guy because they eventually have to clash against each other. Uh, so I think Cobb might just actually be fucked and should look For at now. Like, actor Ring of Honor or New Japan, which I think he was doing anyways. There's something he didn't like because he never showed up again after that first appearance. So. Yeah, we'll have to investigate. I forgot exactly what it was, but you're absolutely right. Um, how did, I, I, I threw this by you. You know, I know that, especially when things get back up and running completely, he does so much stuff with MLW and is one of the head bookers in AAA. But, God, if they do bring Kane Velasquez and they need a manager, I would love to see uh, Conan show up with Kane as, you know, very similar package. And Conan's good at being a baby face, but he still talks shit and get, you know, can go one on one with your Jake the Snake Roberts and your fucking um, uh, Taz. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think the perfect heel turn is to bring in someone like Kane Velasquez and just resurrect LAX. Yeah. So they turn against their group. But Kane's the enforcer, and then you can have Kane versus Jake Hagar, Kane versus like any and of the Conan big with guys. A slapjack, smacking around people and shit. And then uh, you still get San, uh, Santino and Ortiz because they were so good with Conan, Conan. and I love I love them with Jericho, but Conan, Santino, and Ortiz were fucking perfect together to me. Also, uh, shout out to Hernandez, who was part of the original LAX. Yep. 
you were really S- great as well, impact. bud. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you you were really good as well, bud. We didn't forget about you. It's no, cases. It kind of sucks, you know, the whole LAX. Conan's in MLW. Conan's in AAA. You have obviously the newer LAX members, Ortiz and Santana, and AEW. You have uh, what's his name, um, uh, Homicide and uh, fuck, I can't remember Eddie, both in NWA and holding it up by himself over at Impact still, who just had a match. Is uh, what you call it? Uh, the guy that you just mentioned that I'm blanking for some fucking reason. Hernandez. God. Hernandez. There you go. Trained by Shawn Michaels. Dude, he's a big ass dude, and he's a great wrestler. Especially if you go back and watch that early TNA shit. Highly recommend going back and watching like LAX versus uh, some of those time like ah, God, I'm trying to think of a tag team, aces and eights, and uh, who else they face? A bunch of bullshit, bunch 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 of people that weren't that good. Uh, James Storm and whoever his tag team partner was at the time. Go check that shit out. It's good. It's really good. Yep. Uh, all right. So Britt Baker, with the help of photos, a chalkboard, red string, and uh, what is he, she calling Rebel Reba? And Tony Schiavone uh, <laughs> claimed that her injury wasn't an accident but a conspiracy, which all uh, Chris Statlander, Hikiroshita, and Isla Rose were all conspirators and brought it to the attention that Aubrey Edwards was the main person that was the problem in the situation. Everything. Every all of her injuries her getting busted open by Sheeta. She was a referee, you know, uh, during that other match. She was a referee. She brought up something else and she was like, she might have been there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just the way that she's just 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 giving Tony so much shit and how they fucking did it. Like, especially with like, I think that Jr. thought that Tony wasn't hearing a signal, but I don't think that was it. I think that they worked out like a little gimmick that Tony was kind of is. She's, he, he's intimidated of her and she always like kind of beats him and her smacking him with a thing and telling him to like push over the just funny as shit. Britt Baker, you are one of the best female heels and, one, and just a good heel fucking in general, period. And I can't believe it because you kind of started off as his baby face that didn't really have like a lot of personality. You were just a dentist and now you have complete you are injured. Luckily, it's only, you know, a minor tibia injury. She should be good to go, I guess, by uh, August, September. Awesome. But just, I I don't know what it was. I mean, it it doesn't help that her boyfriend is one of the best heels in the business, Adam Cole. But she's fucking great, man. And this whole segment was hilarious. I I love, I liked all of it, man. I was laughing the whole entire time. And just the interaction with Tony, I just, you feel bad for him, (laughs) you know? He's mean Gene. He's mean Gene. I've said this multiple times. He's, He's mean Gene without the attitude, though. He's more of like a, I'm going to go piss in the corner sort of mean Gene. Kind of, yeah, he's more of a... Because remember, a mean Gene was like, put that cigarette out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's very... He's a submissive mean Gene, but he does his job of getting people the fuck over when he has an interview with them. It's great. Even if you go back to... Like, if you want a babyface promo example, him and Cody Rhodes in that limo to that first event where yep. he's doing the interview with Cody. Like, he's fucking great at that role. And he's also really great on commentary. He had my favorite line 
the entire pay-per-view, which was uh, they were like kind of dancing around that MJF was an asshole, and there was a long pause, and Tony Schiavone just goes, yeah, he's a real asshole. <laughs> like, uh, I love him. That's so M- how How did you like uh, uh, Miss Baker making the best out of a bad situation in this? I think it's great. I just always pull Tony in. Yes. I think those two, they skyrocketed each other in, in like directions that should be like Tony to me when he was with uh, Cody, it was like, Oh, he's, he's getting a push and a rub, but there was a different, uh, there was definitely a different element when he got with Britt Baker and she got better and he got better and, them working off each other and even the commentators making fun of him for like hanging out with her and stuff was really really funny so push off that for the next like you know four or five months whenever she's ready i mean at this point it looks like she's going against kurashita awesome kong should be back by then because i think glow is done filming wise maybe They're, they're building it man they're building quite a female division and that was the biggest problem six months ago. Well, I mean, like one of the biggest problems they ran into is that Aja Kong had Glow to film. Awesome. And she got Awesome Kong. Not Aja. Did I say Aja Kong? Awesome Kong. Karma for you WWE fans. Uh, she got hurt and she needed to heal up to do Glow. And then she left to do Glow. So it just, that whole. Bray Rhodes thing just got squashed. And then we just had Luther in a random... <laughs> Did you... <laughs> you remember that? <sighs> it was like if me and you got in the ring, bro. <laughs> like, Jesus. honestly? Oh, well, maybe God. more than you. I'd be like, I'll take a bump, like, one or two, but, like, I need you guys to get me the fuck out of here pretty quickly. <laughs> so fucking awesome. <laughs> So fucking funny. I love all of it. And and that's the thing about this show. I think they handle humor well. They're not about fart jokes and fucking dumb stuff that, that Vince likes. This next part, Chris Jericho, Alex Marvez. I love this relationship. I love that he calls him a fat-headed idiot. Like, <laughs> fucking Jericho. It's like you have that Michael Cole or, or Coachman rock type of thing, and they should keep on doing it, where Jericho is always belittling this guy. But uh, he's yelling at Alex Marvez about how great this pep rally was going to be. And then in the background, you see Orange Cassidy just wandering around. And Chris Jericho goes, did he really just do that? Setting up something else uh, a little bit later. But uh, also Hikaru Shida, the new champion, defeated uh, Christy James. Pretty damn good match. Shida hit a Falcon Arrow to pin her. Um, good stuff for the champ right after her win. Um, how would you like... The Jericho segment with Alex Marvez, and then how do you like Sheeta's uh, short match? Sheeta's short match was great. Definitely just a build up with her getting a quick, uh, quick win. I thought it was uh, really well done. Uh, Jericho's fucking hilarious <laughs> to the point where I forget his name is Marvez. I think his name is like uh, Mariah Carey or whatever. <laughs> Jericho calls him something different every time. Just like he used to do in WWE, which is hilarious. You fat-headed idiot. I love Jericho's new thing. 
in which he's like, shut your assholes. And he like looks at one particular person in the audience. He did that later, which is really funny. <laughs> he said, shut your assholes at least three times. So your asshole is your, your mouth, apparently. <laughs> According I, to get, I guess so. I hope it's not your mouth. Um, <laughs> There's another funny one. So during the commercial break, and I, I watched the Fight TV version, so I, it, it was uh, full screen basically and not just um, picture in picture. We saw Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega just chilling in a room. Uh, they, they pretended it earlier with the Young Bucks that they had something to do, but – they just wanted to go and drink, basically, and they're watching television. Adam Page is drinking his whiskey, Kenny with his milk. And Adam Page I just all of a sudden starts noticing. He's like, what's that red light? You can tell that he's, like, looking at something. Um, and he looks in the corner, and he finds a camera, and he's trying to tell Kenny about it. And Kenny's like, shut up. Like, the show's back on. And so finally, Page just goes, drinks again, sits back on the couch, forgets about it. And Kenny just spills a bunch of milk all over him. I thought it was uh, – I don't know where they were going with it. But this group is so, like, random put together. Uh, I don't think it's going to last much longer. Actually, if, if I were to set stuff up for the future, it would be the the uh, it would be FTR winning the title belts off them to have that within a feud against the Young Bucks in the future. But as of right now, they're fun together. I'm glad that Kenny, instead of, like, it being kind of like they were all down on, uh, on Paige – now it's 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 Kenny just joining him, but instead he drinks his milk. I think that's fucking funny. So it was a ra- random segment during the commercial break. A lot of people probably didn't even notice it, but uh, fun nonetheless. Did you uh, did you notice that, Chris? So I got picture in picture, so I had to go back and revisit the entire thing. But uh, if I'm Kenny Omega, maybe do the Clockwork Orange thing, where you're getting way more fucked up than people expect you're getting fucked up hallucinogenic milk or some shit because Kenny needs to be a heel you just gotta get there I thought you were saying change his look to a clockwork orange and I was like oh that, that would be awesome oh you could do that too like just start drawing eyeliner in, underneath and drinking milk and then <laughs> like Adam's over there on his horse he's like the hell's going on with this guy <laughs> that would also be great <laughs> But uh, no, I was more talking about like he could be drinking hallucinogenic milk because Kenny Omega in general is good at that psychopathic character, that turn at any time, switch blade of your group. Even when he was with Bullet Club, he was kind of that wild card guy. So getting him yep. back to that would be really, really good. And switching the bucks to that would also be really good. And then you could you could just do like the drunken the FTR. <laughs> you, get, you get the old school rednecks with uh, Adam Page versus uh, the elite, so to speak. Oh, that would be awesome. It'd be fucking great, right? So I think there's we've been talking about this for so long with Kenny Omega. He just needs to turn heel. He does, man. There's something about Kenny, and I've said this before, um, mostly because of Austin bringing it up to Kenny, but there's something about him when he does the crazy card that he does really well. That's not when he's doing the overly animated, you know, anime villain thing, but 
that's reminiscent kind of of of, uh, of the the craziness of Brian Pillman, except for he gets both eras because he gets the craziness of the the latter Pillman and then the move set of the early Pillman, if you will, which is kind of sad. But we never got a combination of that. Anyways, but he he plays crazy well. He plays heel well. I, I would love for him to jump more into that and be in the title picture. He should be. It just makes sense for him to be mixing it up with all these other guys. And also Paige. Paige has now built himself. You know, I I know a lot of people, uh, besides the weird drinking part, it seems like he's a modern, like, Barry Windham, you know? And he's just a really good, tall, baby-faced, <laughs> cut fucking cowboy, oh man. And I, and I dig it. I, I completely dig it. Adam Page is about to show up with both of our asses for you calling Barry Windham there. Why? What? Barry Windham's a great fucking wrestler, man. Yeah, but he's not like the top guy. He's like, <laughs> hey, he fought, he fought Flair for the belt before, you know? Uh, kinda. <laughs> he, he was Dusty's. He, he was Dusty's boy, you know? Uh, I well, look, Dane said that you were Barry Windham. Bro, I never I, I said didn't, this. I didn't <laughs> say he was the fucking repo man. Jesus. <laughs> Barry Windham's like the cowboy baby face from the 80s that were, you know, that helped Dusty out and shit. You know, I I thought that was a good comparison. I'm sorry, Adam. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Adam. He's going to show up with a horse at your doorstep like, sup, dog? You got whiskey? We're bro, bro, yeah, let's, let's drink whiskey and fight. <laughs> bro, bro, if I, if I interviewed Adam Page, I'm sure he would take that as a compliment. <laughs> he probably would. I mean, because you named a really great Barry Windham's a great wrestler. To be <laughs> <honest>. God. <laughs> if I said, uh, God, who's a terrible wrestler? Just going if, from I, there. Oh my God, you took it before I was gonna say it. God damn it, you knew I was gonna go there. You got Doug heat. Gilberti. You got heat. We gotta talk about it. Fucking dipshit. All right. Um. I, wait, we let's get the Don Gilberti um, recap of the week. Oh, what he thinks about wrestling? I, I, I just wanted to say that it's not that I like to listen to stuff that makes me angry. I like to listen to Keeping 100 for Conan and the other people on the show. But Disco Inferno thinks that he is a god of wrestling, and sometimes the stuff that he says makes me want to punch myself repeatedly in the face with a fucking brick just because he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Doug was a good in-ring wrestler, but creatively he acts like he's a badass. He was a part of some the worst creative era in fucking WCW as one of the main writers. He never was really that big. He was a gimmick that was stupid, literally <laughs> to be hated. And recently he got his ass kicked by Tessa Blanchard. So it's like, fuck off, dude. You know, you're a god of wrestling. Give me a goddamn break. I was and gonna, and I was all gonna, his co-hosts make fun of him, including Conan. I was going to bring it back to, like, you know, 2002, 2003, where ICP had to carry his ass through a hardcore match. ICP! <laughs> well, that's not real wrestling, because because Disco Inferno oh. apparently is a souffant, like, fucking, <laughs> like, uh, what's his, whatchamacallit, uh, Jim Cornette. No man, oh, you're not. You're okay. not. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, he worked like seven matches for ICP. What is, the, what is this font? Voids. <laughs> Known for getting the TV title past the prime of the TV title back when Anderson or uh, what you call it, uh, 
Arn Anderson had it and shit. Fuck off. You suck. And Disco sucks too. That's yeah, he, about that. he got he got into that X division. He's like, these motherfuckers are way better than me. This guy named Kid Cash, he's really good. Jesus Christ, Kazarian, like fuck Joey off. Nella more than Disco. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, he said he's a bad bad boy. Oh, not Joey Janela. I meant uh, Joey Ryan. Uh, and he's, he's also a Jenner. bad, bad boy. <laughs> no, it still checks out. Actually, when he's doing an impact, it's hilarious because he's now reformed and he's like a Ned Flanders-like character. And it's actually pretty fucking good. I got to say, I got to give credit to Joey Ryan for uh, doing some some different stuff with his character. But anyways, it's not about Joey Ryan. This is about AEW. Uh, Cody Rhodes came out, got a promo about his plans to do the open challenge for the TNT Championship every week. And even JR goes, hey, man, I know that Cody likes to be, you know, likes to do this type of stuff, loves to wrestle, but every week. But, hey, man, we're going to find out with that. I like that his concept, he was like, you know, talking about how, like, this this shouldn't have been me. This is not, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't in the cards. Between me and Dustin, Dustin got all the dusty. I, you know, I had to really figure stuff out. And I just, he, he is, a, he's amazing on promos, man. Um, just great, man. And I don't know. I don't have a bad problem with Cody. I loved hearing that he did this. He did this stinger splash, which I forgot about that. That one segment I said, wow, he just highlighted four of his uh, biggest influences. He he went did a diamond cutter off top rope, followed that up by doing the um the uh what call it the bionic elbow into uh Dustin's finisher, and then did uh, a scorpion splash in the corner. But apparently, the splash to like. Give a little nod to Mr. Sting because he dream, he said that nothing's happening, but he would love to have some type of moment where he got to square off in the ring with Sting, not necessarily wrestling, but looking right at him. So, hey, he's calling you Sting. Uh, Cody's a big fan, if you can't tell. But uh, love this promo, man. Love the concept. Uh, who, uh, after Jungle Boy, will be the first person to just randomly challenge him? He compared you know? himself to fucking Tom Brady, though. Yeah, right he did. off the rip. Uh, I don't. I, 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 the rest of that, I was like, I was like, okay, I get what he's going for. Like you know, like you said, Tony Khan didn't call call him until like fourth, which is like wow. But he, but that's not true at all either. So yeah, I was gonna say I thought that he talked to Cody first. They worked it out together. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe he like, the Bucks and Kenny beforehand, but. Uh, that's not comparable to Tom Brady. And <laughs> Tom Brady randomly got drafted like in the third round at like the 56 pick or whatever and became Tom Brady. Like Cody Rhodes' dad is fucking Dusty Rhodes. It's not yep. the same. And his it's brothers not- <laughs> are Dustin Rhodes and Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> it's like it's not the fucking same. You can't say you're the same as fucking. <laughs> like you can't. Like if you're a if you're a guy from Boston or something. If you're a heel, that would have made more sense to do. Uh, like if Jericho compared himself to fucking Tom Brady, I could get it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I forgot about that part. <laughs> so he lost me immediately. I'm like, really? You're from Atlanta. You should fucking hate this guy. Why are you comparing yourself? Because, you know, everyone listening out there that may be a Patriots fan, 
I apologize, but like if you're a Falcons fan, if you're from Atlanta and you're like, oh, well, I always knew that Tom Brady guy was going to be a dude. You didn't know that. You did not know that he was going to score 23 points in two quarters. No one knew that. If you knew that, you'd be a bazillionaire because you could bet on it. Yep. I agree. Uh, we had Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford uh, and Jimmy Havoc. Um, they're going against uh, Frank Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. What the hell's going on with Christopher Daniels? Like, you would have thought that if Daniels like it would have been a part of this match and they would have had Scorpio in the Battle Royal and – like, he announced them coming out to the ring at the pay-per-view. I don't know what the hell is going on with the three of them. But uh, either way, Penelope Ford averted the uh, SEU later by grabbing Frank Kazarian's foot. And Jimmy Havoc uh, pinned Scorpio Sky. Uh, Sabian and um, – I, I think that it was uh, JR said uh, – or maybe it was uh, Tony who said that Sabian and Havoc, you wouldn't think, but they're coming off as actually a pretty damn suitable tag team. So good stuff. And they got a win over the past tag team champions, so that's that's not bad at all. What do you think? Well, I mean, the push is to get get the heat between the tag team, right? So Scorpio Sky and Kazarian, they're eventually going to explode. I feel like that's what they're going for. Kazarian's so good, man. So is Scorpio. Either one of them could be champion if if they wanted. <laughs> Yeah, they're both really good at wrestling, and so is Christopher yeah. Daniels. Yeah, turns out, damn. Yeah, what a what a bunch of athletes. All right, so we had the setup for the battle royal before the commercial with MJF. He said that he's undefeated. He shouldn't even have to win the battle royal to get a title shot, which is actually true. <laughs> but with Wardlow's help, he'll do it anyway. Um. At one part, he kind of, like, bitched out Wardlow and got right in his face. And it was like, just kidding, man. They're already setting up the Diesel Shawn Michaels turn, man. Uh, Wardlow seemed reluctant to let MJF win if it came down to the two of them. But he backed down. And uh, during the Battle Royal itself, uh, it came down to Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy, MJF and Wardlow. Uh, and Jungle Boy took out MJF. They both took out Wardlow. And then... Jungle Boy did this awesome running Hurricane Rana and threw Orange Cassidy out and became the number one contender for the TNT Championship. Had a lot of uh, a lot of cool wrestlers involved in it. Um, obviously, a Luchasaurus chokeslam spot to the outside. Um, Orange Cassidy looked great in this. On trying to think. Luther in quotations. Who the fuck oh, is this Oh, my God. Poor Luther. And he took it. Because, of course, he's a hardcore legend. He takes it the worst way to land it on <laughs> the way flat, out. He flat backed that shit right on the pads. He was like, plop! God, that was that Jeez. was pretty nasty. Wardlow wouldn't let anyone touch MJF the whole entire match. You know, uh, going about that thing. Had some interaction, again, with Luchasaurus. Billy Gunn got involved. And like I said, Austin, your dad getting picked instead of you is not a good thing, man, since you're the young guy. But, you know. I'm, 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 I'm happy you're happy for him. And Billy Gunn was taller than everyone. How'd you like the Battle Royal, and how'd you like the promo with MJF before him? Billy Gunn was taller than everyone. He was! Yeah, he's a big fucking dude, WWE. <laughs> I don't know why ah, people are surprised by this shit. Like, Dean Moxley, in comparison to a lot of the other wrestlers on this roster, is, like, massive. 
I know. <laughs> He's a big ass dude. Um, I liked it okay. I thought it was uh, the Luther spot. I was like, what the fuck is Luther doing here? Because they didn't explain it at all. He's like, he's just there. No, he's not there anymore. Um, yeah, it was fine, I guess. I don't know. Jungle Boy won, so there's that. Jungle Boy won, right? Or am I wrong on this one? You are absolutely right, sir. Okay. Yeah, so he gets a shot at the uh, TNT title, which means he's going to lose. Yep. All right. So the moment we've all been waiting for. A segment to close out that didn't suck because ZW and not Raw. Uh, Vicky Guerrero and a bunch of cheerleaders introduced the inner circle. What's that? So it's debatable on whether it sucked or not. Well, I'll say the first half was fucking hilarious, and then we went kind of to shit, um, to be honest with you, because they try to recreate something that happened back in 1997. But the beginning with Vicky, the cheerleaders, introducing them, everyone of the of JR, Tony, all of them complaining about Vicky's voice, uh, introducing everyone for the pep rally. Um <laughs> They were giving gifts to each other. You could tell that Chris Jericho wasn't in the best mood because they had lost. And uh, <laughs> so at one point, you know, they had uh, participation trophies given by Sammy to everyone. And uh, Chris Jericho was like, but Sammy, this says like best dad or something like that. And he's like, hey, man, it's, they were cheap. It said best dad joke. That's <laughs> dad joke. And Jericho's like, OK, all right, that's fine. <laughs> and then he got he gave he gave headphones to Ortiz so he could hear again so that the, the ring in his ears wasn't that bad. The funniest, obviously, which out of nowhere you would think is Jake Hager, who wrote a poem, and it was a really really nice poem about how they're still the best and blah blah blah. And then ends by doing the Liam Neeson. <laughs> he basically was I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna find you. I have I have a I have a certain set of skills. And I will find you. I will find where you sleep. And I will do things that will make the, the, the crowd cry or whatever. And then, like, Jericho and Sam are like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> chill out. Chill out. Relax. Like, oh, okay. Sorry about that, guys. I'm cracking <laughs> up this whole entire time. And then Sammy goes, Chris, what do you want? And he said he wanted, you know, Mike Tyson's stupid fat head on a platter that he doesn't forget raw from however many years ago where he got punched in the face by Tyson who, who uh, went back to DX um, <laughs> 10 years ago from an angle originally from 1997. And then we had Tyson come out uh, and try to get involved. Whoever this fucking Gooch guy is with the face paint, get the fuck out of here. First of all, the face paint, you look ridiculous. Why the hell is Vito Belfort, and Rashad Evans standing behind you off camera, and you're trying to like soak that shit in. Um, but it was cool seeing Sahuda and 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 Belfort and Rashad all backing him up. But you think if they had that, it, it could have looked so much better if they just lined them up, you know, everyone looking at each other, and then a fucking brawl broke out. But it looked like a sloppy version of the 1997 situation with Stone Cold and Tyson 
and Mike couldn't rip the shirt off his body because it was a much different material than the the one that he like a Gildan shirt. I work at a t-shirt printing company, so I would know this. And that one is definitely tougher to do if you don't gimmick the bottom of it. Um, so that was awkward. And I love it when Mike Tyson grabbed the microphone when Chris Jericho was, was like, blah, 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 you know, talking shit. He's like, because you're a cheat, because you stole the title. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Mike? But uh, apparently we're going to get Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho in some wacky situation. Uh, positive, it was on all the sports platforms, but negative it was a sloppy mess but i like the beginning of it chris overall the whole promo before tyson and post tyson (laughs) before tyson funny as fuck after tyson tragic as fuck (laughs) (laughs) this is the best way this is the best way i could put it it was very bad it didn't make tyson look strong why does Tyson have to talk? Just knock motherfuckers out. That's what people want. He should just hit everybody with a right hook, left hook, blah, 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 and left Jericho and grabbed his ass up. But uh, if the idea is, it seems like, especially with like some of the people he had, is he's going to move into MMA? Well, good luck against Conor McGregor if that's what you're going for. Which I feel like that's what he's going for. You know, and, and speaking of which, I forgot who said this. I'm sorry, like it's it's cool to have a throwback, but a long angle with Tyson, it's just not as it's not as cool as it was fucking twenty something years ago. If you're gonna have anyone in the fighting world that would actually Tyson's going to pop ratings. They'll get people to cover it on different platforms. I'm not saying that. Mike Tyson's fucking Mike Tyson. But someone that's actually going to make it... Like, imagine if that was McGregor squaring off against Jericho with the same group of guys set up a very similar way. That's going to pop stuff because that's relevant to now. At least that's how I feel. I mean, what I think Jericho thinks is relevant is, like, let's push this guy and see if he actually fights mcgregor and i think mike tyson would still knock him out (laughs) i honestly do tyson fury wants to fight tyson so are they gonna call it the tyson fury fight tyson fury needs to get a handle on his own fucking title before he tries to fight anybody else deontay wilder got in quotations, weighed down by all of the gear that he wore to the ring. He's gonna get fucking. He's gonna get whipped by the Gypsy King. He's not even in the same league as. Uh, yeah. That, this is a different debate for a different day. But what I'm getting at is like the boxing versus uh, shoot style. Uh, Mike Tyson could probably just knock out Conor McGregor. Even at it was, 45 years old. No, yeah, but I not so much Tyson and, and Connor. I'm just saying if you're going to use a modern fighting figure to drum up interest, Connor's probably a better person to go than Tyson just because it's been played out and this is fucking 25 years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. 
I mean, I guess it was, got, it was cool. He, it was cool to have him at the pay per view, but are we really gonna do this? Are we really gonna have a match with Tyson and fucking Chris? Sure, fuck it. Tyson's a beast. Maybe he shows up and he's doing like moonsaults and shit. Who the fuck knows? Kevin Owens training him. Cool. I would rather <laughs> see Belfort or uh, Rashad, but but like we don't know now with MMA wrestlers, like how much training they're gonna go through. Like what are they gonna what are they gonna do? What is the is is he just gonna punch him Floyd Mayweather style with Big Show, or is he gonna have an actual fucking match? I don't know, but if I'm looking this up, man, it got every major sports uh, thing talking about it. So, I mean, you did have Mike Tyson come out with Henry Cejudo, Vitor Belfort, and fucking Rashad Evans, and a weird fat guy with p- face paint on called Gooch. Yeah, I mean, I think the fight is uh, MMA Conor versus Mike Tyson, which if I'm Conor McGregor, I would back the fuck away from that. Well, uh, just for weight difference, more or less. Just for weight difference alone, like that guy, he, Mike Tyson's got a hammer, bro. He doesn't. Yep. He doesn't own actual fists. Yeah, I would, I would way rather, I would way, I don't want to see fucking, I want to see Connor pursue his UFC career and try to get that back on track. I don't want to see him get fucking upset by Tyson. That would be terrible. I'd rather see him involved with pro wrestling than trying to go against Tyson in a fucking charity match. That would be <laughs> yeah, stupid. Like, yes. Like, uh, That's not going to make you look good. I'm going to be honest with Tyson Fury. I'm going to be honest with Connor McGregor. If you knock out Mike Tyson, you knocked out Mike Tyson way the fuck out of his prime. That's not really that great of an accolade. And if you get knocked the fuck out by Mike Tyson, you just got knocked out by Mike Tyson out of his prime. So that's not good on your standings. Like, And then, and then Evander Holyfield just has to get back in shape. He's like, I won't fight him. Shit, son. Won't come in the <laughs> hey, man. We're from Georgia. 1996 Olympics. Evander <laughs> Holyfield for life, son. I know. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's start off NXT. Um, I thought both AEW and NXT were really solid. I had a lot more fun with AEW just because they did a really good follow-up show. And they really, uh, they really did. You know, I thought their their show going into it was a little bit lackluster, but coming right off of it, it was a lot of fun. I gotta. That's the one thing I have a problem with NXT. A lot of the times they'll have their pay-per-view and then they'll have like a highlight with some of the matches that were you know, the, the dark matches before the actual event. I don't want them to do that anymore. I, 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 like, I like what they did up with this, but NXT was good. We had an awesome Cruiserweight uh, match uh, to start off a three-way with Drake Maverick, Kushida, Jake Atlas. Wow, man. Guess what? Drake Maverick won. Drake Maverick, if you didn't notice, and with Drew Gulak, they're, they're both, they both re-signed with WWE. So it looks like unless something changes – they're going to be there. But Drake Maverick beat uh, Kushida and Atlas by pinning Atlas. Uh, Kushida had Atlas in an arm bar. So Maverick crawled over, put his arm over Atlas' chest, and basically stole the pin. Later on, they showed a camera angle that had the other hand, because he was tapping with both of them, of Atlas tapping out that you couldn't see because Drake Maverick was, was uh, you know, covering it. And so later on, Kushida told Drake not to worry about it, and Drake said, I promise you that if I win that title, 
I'm going to give you the first contender match. So it was a good babyface, babyface situation for it. I knew that regardless, Atlas was going to take um, the, the the L, if you will. And um, after the match, he shook hands with uh, El Hilo del Fantasma, and we're going to be having that match for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, if not next week, then on uh, In Your House. I forgot which one they picked. But good match. I like the way that they, they did it. It was clever, Chris. And I liked uh, afterwards where Kushida, you know, told Drake Maverick he won, that he wasn't holding it against him, and Drake promised him a future title match. That's good babyface stuff. Is it, though? Because this guy just got fired from his job. So... I don't know. I guess maybe good babyface stuff. I like the match a lot. I thought it was very good. I just... He's desperate. He's supposed to be clawing from the bottom, so... He should give zero fucks about Kushida. In all honesty. Yeah. I could see that, but, you know, I think that he's still trying to... If he was heelish, I could see him giving zero fucks, but they showed footage that clearly showed that even though the ref called it for him, he should have lost that match because Jake tapped out before the pin even happened, but they just couldn't see it. Well, then the argument should have been, like, run it back. Let's do the same match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Charlotte Flair uh, will defend the NXT Women's Championship in a triple threat match. At In Your House with Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, that was announced. We had Johnny Gargano go against Adrian Alanis. This is the first match in the uh, Johnny Gargano Invitational. <laughs> After the match, Gargano and Candice Lear were interrupted by a video of Keith Lee and Mia Yim mocking them over dinner, making fun of their whole entire segment, um, getting takeout. For some reason, Tegan Knox was the one who brought pizza to them and ate the whole entire pizza apparently on the way there and even took a slice. And um, LeRae will face Yim next week, and Johnny will be going against, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Keith Lee for that title at In Your House. Um, I like their mock stuff. I thought it was fucking funny, uh, especially the stuff with Tegan Knox. I just, I'm still on the I don't give a fuck about heel Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae train. Same. I gave zero fucks about this because I was like, oh, Johnny Gargano's a heel again. Didn't care. The rest of it yep. just skated past me. Well, I agree. Um, Raquel Gonzalez went against Shotzi Blackheart because of uh, Dakota Kai's interference. Gonzalez got the win uh, with a power bomb, and there was a spot, like I said, where both ladies, Dakota and Raquel, were on the outside. Shotzi did a move to him and Raquel basically had I think her back face towards her and she bounced off her back and fell on her neck so yeah we already went through that um do you have any statements we talked about, about that? that we yeah we talked about that before the show I think but uh yeah like maybe catch the person diving at you just <laughs> heads up <laughs> the worst one was the phoenix one there was six guys none of y'all caught phoenix the fucking Samoa Joe one was pretty bad, too. <laughs> like, Ugh. they dropped him fucking twice, and now he's on commentary. This is this is the life we live in. He worked in shitty TNA for so many years, no one dropped him. 
He goes to fucking WWE. First time he does a dive against uh, AOP, they just fucking drop him. They're the size of a goddamn house. Yep. Jesus Christ. Well, we had a match with Charles Flair, who picked Chelsea Green to be her uh, her tag partner, which is good for Chelsea. Uh, they went against Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Flair pinned Shirai with their feet on the ropes for leverage. Um, looks like they're positioning Io Shirai, I guess, more into like a crazy baby face. The fans were cheering for her as soon as she started doing this shit, so I, it kind of makes sense. I like the rub for Chelsea Green. I think that's good. Uh, she kind of was a little bit clunky. It seemed like there was, and I don't, I don't mean like within the match. And I think Chelsea Green's a great wrestler. I really do. I've been watching her since Laurel Van S over an impact, but it seemed like the communication between her and Charlotte weren't good up to the beginning. And she was, she was uh, missing spots, but later on they got it. You know, they got it. They won the match. And uh, like I said, Robbie and uh, Chelsea Green get a nice little rub from a win with Charlotte Flair. Um, sets up more tension with Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte. Um, not bad at all, right? Yeah, it was fine. I think the uh, Laura Von Ness is that Zack Ryder's wife. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. There you go. Yep. Um, she did miss some spots, but uh, I'm not going to blame it on her because, like, they don't fucking they have her wrestle like every like a month. <laughs> so <laughs> Jesus Christ, they put her in a very high pri- profile match. Uh Robbie's great, by the way. Yeah. Um, great manager and uh they should do more with that guy, but yes, I agree with you. Uh and th- that's not taking anything away from Chelsea Green. I I think that like if you don't wrestle for like two months come back and you gotta have a match and like guess what your tag team partner is charlotte flair and this is a high profile match yeah uh, with the top that, two females in nxt <laughs> that, that seems the like opposite. that seems like that might suck a little bit all right so imperium cut a promo about being dominant nxt tag champions later danny birch and Orin Lorcan met up for a drink and decided to go after the championships so we're going to be setting that up soon um, which should be a hard-hitting match, <laughs> extremely hard-hitting. Uh, Tomas Ciampa went against Leon Ruff. Man, Leon has a rough life. Last week, he was destroyed by Carrying uh, uh, Cross. This week, Tommaso Ciampa beat the living shit out of him. Ciampa won with a fairy tale ending. Uh, Scarlett stood at the ringside and stared at Ciampa throughout the whole entire match. Afterwards, Karrion Cross's giant face appeared on a video screen after the match and promised that takeover at In Your House, he'll make Ciampa feel something he's never felt in his life. Good threat could mean about a million different things, some of them kind of weird, some of them kind of kinky, but I liked it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Ciampa and Cross. I like Scarlett being there the whole entire time to kind of throw him off his game. And Leon Ruff was interviewed about who hit harder between the two afterwards on a uh, online video that I watched. That was pretty funny. I don't remember who he picked, but he was like, it's like man, ah, I just got my ass kicked. So, yeah, he got his ass kicked. Um, so, how do you like so this? My problem I, is, my, my problem is the booking on this. Because if Charlotte Flair is supposed to be your top champion and – wins this match, then why the fuck is she not out there just knocking this girl out? 
why does she give a single fuck about this mysterious character? This should have been done before Charlotte's match. I'm Charlotte. I'm, she's, I'm the, she's the queen. Yeah, but this was during Tommaso Ciampa's match. No, but the match before was putting Scarlett over very hard as that champion. And then the next thing was Scarlett just kind of dancing around the ring and being an asshole. I feel like maybe someone should have took her out, one of the contenders for the title, or they just do that match before they, like, switch it. Scarlett was out during Charlotte's match? No, that's not what I'm saying. The next match. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa going against Leon Ruff. Okay. Am no, I I'm, miss a... I'm just, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, Was Scarlett this... not there during that match on commentary? Scarlett was not, I don't, was she? I really don't remember the commentary during Charlotte's match. Was she? Because I, I could be I could be wrong. Now, I just What was going on during Leon Ruff's match? Run that back again, I guess. You had Ciampa going against Leon Ruff. He destroyed him. The whole entire match, Scarlett was there staring at, at Tommaso Ciampa, you know, kind of throwing him off a bit, and then he won though. And then Karrion Cross came up on the screen and threatened Tommaso Ciampa. Well, that's what I'm saying is why, like, why is Scarlett a threat when Charlotte is going against the top two champions as the your top person? But where, where does where does Charlotte come into it? Scarlett's just a valet. She's just a part of the storyline with Tommaso. I mean, where it comes into it is you put your champion above a valet. <laughs> but I don't understand how they're not. Because they were before and forgotten about there soon after for the Karrion Cross gimmick. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually don't know. Um, we had the uh, pit match with Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle afterwards. Kurt Angle was special referee. Thatcher apparently lost uh, teeth during the match. I still think that's a gimmick concept. Um, it was cool. It was like a redo of, instead of being circular, it was a square version of the Lion's Den match with the same type of able to go to the top of it, which if you're trying to recreate MMA, I don't know why you'd want a top part of it, but whatever. Um, good match. Not as good as their singles match, I think, the week before. Uh, the teeth spot was what it was. If that was real, that fucking looked like it was terrible, but he still looked like he had a lot of teeth in his mouth afterwards. We all know that Timothy Thatcher doesn't have the greatest smile. He defeated <laughs> Matt Riddle finally with a chokehold, and um, uh, that's it for Riddle. He's going to SmackDown. Scared for his life. Uh, but how'd you like this last match? I don't think Kurt Angle really did too much to add to it. It was kind of like just like a social media news headline, I guess, to get people to watch it. But cool nonetheless. Um but yeah, I think I liked their match last week, Chris. Oh, let me think about this. So Kurt Angle basically did nothing to enhance the match, and he was just there? He pulled him off one time, but that was it. That was pretty much it. 
And that was and during then, the, that was when Matt Riddle went and did that kick spot off the uh, cage and apparently knocked out Timothy Thatcher's teeth because he was and, about to keep on punching on him and he grabbed him off of him real quick. And Matt Riddle now has to go just wrestle Baron Corbin on SmackDown. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it was great, dude. Fucking number one with a bullet. <laughs> the best shit I've ever seen. Are you kidding me? It was way better than like Austin versus <laughs> Brad. <laughs> no, it sucked. I mean, they gave us nothing out of like they built that and they gave us nothing. So it sucked. It's the same thing as AEW. I, I shit on AEW for that uh, Tyson thing. Don't yep. build such a big thing with such a big person if there's no fucking payoff with said person. It sucked. It was bad. My payoff is like Matt Riddle is just fuck off. You, you go to SmackDown now? Okay, cool. He doesn't get a title shot. He doesn't get anything. He's just He just lives on SmackDown now. Yep. Well, cool. one thing... One thing that was cool about it, it might be, at least the way they presented it, Chris, uh, last night, Kurt Angle came out and made the announcement for Matt Riddle, and it could be that Kurt Angle's actually managing Matt Riddle. They kind of made it look like that. That's not cool, though. You don't want Angle and, and Matt Riddle to be bros? Do you remember when no. when, when Kurt wore the, the, the cowboy hat, man, with Stone Cold? I I don't. That was like 15 years ago, and it was kind of funny then. <laughs> kind of. Matt Rill's well, his own fucking dude. It, <laughs> like it, he yeah, yeah, he doesn't really need anyone. He's good. I, he's good enough at the promo. Like, what? I mean, if you want to do that, then uh, well, they also showed Jason Jordan on SmackDown. So is Kurt Angle's son back? That's the real question we all have to ask. No, I think he's just unfortunately I think that Jason's just he works as an agent and he's uh he's done. He oh, fucked his he back w- up too much. Well he was definitely shown on TV, so is that Kurt Angle's son? Well, yeah, that's technically his son. Yeah. Okay, so Kurt Angle gives zero fucks, only cares about Matt Riddle. Yep. Okay. Are you <laughs> just... are you are you ready to talk about the SmackDown fucking thing, man? <laughs> I mean, I'm already mad, so yeah, let's get it. <laughs> it's just All because right. Matt Matt Riddle should not have been brought there in this very unceremonious event. So, if you were keeping track of things, we had um, AJ going against Elias, and we had Jeff Hardy going against Daniel Bryan. The winners of those two matches would be, you know, whoever gets the IC title, goes to the finals, basically. Well, we start off with medics all surrounded Elias and a car that had gotten in an accident, like, right in front of him, basically, with a dent on it. Um, Door open. uh, Cops were there, found liquor bottles inside, because normally you just bring, like, three liquor bottles if you're going on a bender, I guess, just to chill, as, like, Coca-Cola, whatever. Um, And... Braun Strowman's inter- interviewed, you know, he's like, I don't know what's going on. Someone hit Elias, blah, 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 blah. And they find cops detaining Jeff Hardy, who they're saying smells like the booze. 
um, and Jeff's acting drunk, and they're, you know, kind of pulling him out of that area, and they arrest him, and that's how they start off the fucking show, to take Jeff Hardy and Elias out of it, so they can have a battle royal to find out who goes against Daniel Bryan in the same night. The person who wins that match will be going against AJ in the finals. I like how AJ, I will say, I like how AJ was like, you can fucking do that, Daniel. I'm going to the fucking finals. Like, smart dude right there from, from fucking Gainesville. Um, this was trash. There we go. This was fucking garbage, man. I understand they re-recorded this a couple weeks ago. Sometimes you got to fucking take an audible and change things up. Do you know what just happened? The concept of police officers detaining someone or anything like that, it's in everyone's consciousness. You are supposed to be an escape with wrestling away from fucking this type of shit. Vince always says that he's trying to become somewhat of an escape through modern shit that's, that's going on. Not only was that out of touch, but you took one of the one of the biggest wrestlers of his generation, one of the most charismatic wrestlers, and fucked him over, went into his whole entire alcoholism, brought that into a fucking storyline, which is probably going to be he actually didn't do it. It doesn't matter. This was so unnecessary. You could have gone on with the tournament. This was this was despicable. This was fucked up to do to Jeff. I hope this means that he is on his way the fuck out. Because I would not want to work for a company that wants to exploit my fucking past problems that I've been dealing with for years after I've provided so much money for the goddamn company in the first place. Fuck you, Vince. Fuck you, Bruce Pritchard. Fuck you, WWE. Oh, damn. I agree with you, Dane. Just gonna, you're just going to pick on a guy that was just through a rehabilitation program. That's great. That seems super cool. Good job, guys. Um, what was the end goal? Who are you getting over? I don't know. So no if idea. you're gonna if you're gonna fucking do this, there's got to be an end goal. <laughs> the end game can't be like, well, Elias got hit by a car, so now he's over. That's not <laughs> how fucking wrestling works. You could make Jeff Hardy a super drunken hill. You could do that. You could work that storyline in there and really do that. I think it's a really shitty thing to do, considering you're paying for his rehab. Um, and he obviously has problems, mostly due to the fact that like he got speared off of a 20-foot fucking ladder by Edge. But, like, you know, do you, WWE? But that's what they came up with? is that Jeff Hardy may have accidentally ran over someone because he was in quotations drunk, but it's not really him. And it's going to end up being Baron Corbin because it's fucking Elias and no one will give a shit. All they're going to remember is like, remember that time Jeff Hardy got arrested for drunk driving. It's, it's fucking terrible. It's terrible. So when he fucking leaves, and he skyrockets to the top, which he will, because he does in every company he fucking goes to. And somehow WWE does not see what Jeff Hardy is. So when he goes to AEW and he shits all over NXT, I hope that he just gives a very big crotch chop as he jumps off something very high. Because 
Jesus fucking Christ, they tried to fuck this guy over. And he just did him a solid. He was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just, I'm a wrestler. I'll just do it. He should have said fucking no to this. 100%. Because he's got so much shit because of that Sting match already where he legitimately had a problem. And now you're just throwing this on top of it. It's very fucking Vince Russo. It's very, like, it's easy. It's easy going for someone's weakness. You want, you, you want like, a hard Jeff Hardy storyline or something that's, like, easy to do without bringing up his drug addiction? Talk about the fact his brother is no longer there. His brother abandoned him. And now he's just a fucking, like, plebeian. And a mass of really great wrestlers. That's all you have to do. You have to do this fucking... Anyways, Dane, I fucking hated this. It was all bullshit, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the main thing is, obviously, I don't want to hear from anyone that just hasn't heard maybe past episodes that I give, like, a fucking buy to AEW with some of the segments that they did with Adam Page, because I did give him a lot of crap. They've turned that around, though, and kind of made that more a part of his character. He's a cowboy, man. And also, the big fucking difference is he doesn't actually have an existing problem. This did not work out with Hawk in WWE. This did not work out. Shit, he fucking died shortly after that whole entire storyline, so that was really funny. Uh, This did not work with Jake Roberts in WWE. This did not work out with Scott Hall in WCW. Um, currently, Jeff doesn't have all the problems. Now, all those other ones were done while they were still going through addiction, and hopefully Jeff doesn't have those demons. But really, this comes down to, what, he wouldn't resign, so you're, you're trying to fucking bury him as much as you can right before? Fuck you. Just completely tasteless and completely bad timing. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, as soon as he gets released, it's his time to bury. Because you, oh, get Kenny, Jericho. you get Kenny Omega versus Jeff Hardy, which the world has never seen before. Yep. Maybe you make that a ladder match for a title. Oh. Good luck, WWE. Like, good luck. Keeping up with that main event. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do on NXT. Dude, and you know what? And and (laughs) the thing is, because of this shit, I'm wondering what they're going to do with that Rey Rey Mysterio uh, retirement thing next week. If they're going to bury Rey because he's leaving in fucking October... You know, I just I don't get it, man. There's there's a better way to do it because all you're doing is is giving a pissed off wrestler a reason to go to the competition and make them better by giving them a huge star. I mean, they just I mean, they've shown this with Matt Hardy. As soon as Matt Hardy showed up, there's one week where they won, and I'll say in quotations. Uh, but every other week they've lost in the ratings by just Matt Hardy being there. And that's yep. not including, like, your DVR views and shit. Like, this company is so blind. Do you think it's a positive thing for one of the wrestlers, former wrestler of your company that left, that you put through rehab and came back to have a drunken, I almost, I kill, almost killed a guy story angle at this time? It's not the fucking 90s. 
And also, a lot of the 90s suck. I hate to tell you guys, but a lot of the Attitude Era sucks fucking dick. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, we've been fucking, dude, we've been going for a while. And me and you kind of both, I barely paid attention to SmackDown. I watched a little bit of highlights. I'm just going to go down the card and we'll talk about, you know, whatever from it. Um, Sheamus won the... the uh, Yeah, so let's get with the Royal Rumble. Won the uh, not the Royal Rumble, the Battle Royal. Sheamus won the Battle Royal. It really looked like Shorty G was going to win it at one point. Cesaro came in after he got taken out. Shorty G eliminated Nakamura, and then uh, Cesaro threw him out. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But Sheamus won. He beat uh, Jay Uso. He'd be going against Daniel Bryan later on that night. Sonya Deville and Lacey Evans had a match, ended in a double countout. Good match by both ladies. They both beat the living shit out of each other. And I actually thought, Chris, it was kind of smart of them to do the double count. Normally, I think that's stupid. But going into this, I was like, who are you going to have to lose? So it looks like we're going to have a feud between the two of these women. And I, I like Sonya and I like Lacey. Yeah, I kind of had zero problems with any of this. Uh, the Battle Royal was fine. It does seem like they're positioning Sheamus as being the guy that caused the Jeff Hardy incident we were talking about. Yep. Um, but it was, I mean, like the wrestling and shit in between was was fine. All right, so we have Forgotten Sons. Uh, two of them. We found out that, what should we call it, Wesley Blake's not even in the military. He's just apparently a fan of the military, which is fine. I think all of us are fans of the military. But could you imagine if they did the Sergeant Slaughter-style treatment, like not a heel but like a, a mean drill instructor with Gunner and just did that instead of this fucking dumb shit? I don't know. That would probably be cool. Um, New Day, Moment of Bliss. I, 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 I don't know how that would work because Randy Orton was supposed to be in the Marine too. And because he was actually dishonorably discharged, the world shit all over it. So maybe Oof. just don't do these would be yeah. the answer. Uh, New day was on a moment of bliss uh, tag team champion summit. Apparently Bailey and Sasha came out, argued over who was the better tag team since they were the first. And then basically Bailey kind of just push Sasha into a match against her long-time rival, Alexa Bliss. Ladies had a pretty good match, um, but Alexa kind of nailed her from behind right to start off. Uh, Bailey caused a distraction by doing a chicken dance. Yes, I just fucking said that. Saving Banks and allowing her to win the match with a roll-up. Whatever. Let them have the tag team champions, too. I don't fucking give a shit. Shory G defeated it's Cesaro. Terrible. It's fucking terrible. It's all terrible. Shory G uh, debuted Cesaro with the Sunset Flip. I'm glad to see Chad Gable back on the product. Um, God, they should be doing so much more with him. Uh, Mandy Rose and Otis uh, ogled each other and made out by the pool. It was actually a pretty funny uh, video. Kurt Angle, like I said, announced that Matt Riddle will be coming to SmackDown. And Daniel Bryan defeated Sheamus. Uh, with a knee plus after Jeff Hardy returned and distracted Sheamus. And that was SmackDown. Chris, any last statements about any of that? 
No, I think it's a very fucked up way to try to get Jeff Hardy over as someone that's already fucking over <laughs> to have so a it's... drinking and driving accident to put him in a match against Sheamus in which someone who is not as over <laughs> as Jeff Hardy. So uh, so dumb. I I dodged a lot of the show, so I, I apologize to the fans out there, but it was really hard for me to give a shit. When you make fun of someone's actual addiction, things they went through in life, uh, it's, it's really hard to give a fuck. Honestly. That sucks, SmackDown. Get better. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. And I'm not going to apologize. I, I There was a lot of stuff that me and Chris also were going through. You know, last night, Atlanta was on fire, rioting. So, a lot of craziness like that. And uh, the the beginning of SmackDown turned us both off. So I'm glad to see Chad Gable back. Certain things I'm glad. SmackDown is definitely not on the least of of the shows that out out of my favorites, even including Raw. And uh, yeah, apologize if we just did a half-ass review of it. We gave you guys plenty of stuff for the other shows. And really, honestly, SmackDown didn't really deserve that much of our attention or your attention from what they fucking set up with. So that's how I feel. But this has been a very aggressive episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Um, Thank you guys as always. Uh, Definitely, if you guys want to find Wrestling Geeks Alliance within any platform uh, for, for, you know, listening pleasures, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, if there's an audio way, just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You'll find all of our different uh, stuff. And, uh, yeah, you can talk to me and Chris. Uh, uh, Twitter at DaneAlves42. Facebook, DaneAlves. Just look me up. And, uh, Chris, say goodbye to all the beautiful people out there. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry I did not have uh, my normal rambunctious review of SmackDown. But uh, if you want to talk to me about it, you can hit me at at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, on Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. And uh, there, if you're a hockey fan or a sports fan in general, uh, there's a new Skates Throats coming up. It's been a while, but it, it will be out there probably right after this show. So if you're a hockey fan, definitely check it out. We're talking about a 24-team playoff that just got announced so lots of fun things to talk about and uh dane as always thank you for having me on but no problem as always thank you for being on here with me man and thank you guys for listening new listeners like i said we usually do two shows a week uh one during the week that's about nxt and aew and stuff uh you know even we'll have news for impact and other stuff outside of ron smackdown we save ron smackdown and the pay-per-view surrounding it for our weekend show. Definitely would love for you guys to listen to both of them. I completely understand if you only listen to the first one. <laughs> oh, I got to throw those shots out there. But, yeah, have a great day. Love each other. Uh, be good to each other. Peace out. And we're going to end this with a special message from Killer Mike of the Dungeon family, AT Alien himself. And what he said last night during the riots. Be good to each other. I didn't want to come. And I don't want to be here. 
I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Um, my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer. And my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta that even after becoming police had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are 80 years later, and I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, home of Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law stated that whites were naturally the superior race. And the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone. It's called a cornerstone speech. Look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. In this city, officers have done horrendous things and they have been prosecuted. This city's cut different. In this city, you can find over 50 restaurants owned by black women. I didn't say minority and I didn't say women of color. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN?
Ted did a great thing. I love CNN. I love Cartoon Network. But I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful. Give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. I'm glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa a son from a mother like the policeman did. When a man yells for his mother in duress and pain and she's dead, he is essentially yelling, please, God, don't let it happen to me. And we watch that. So my question for us on the other side of this camera is after it burns, will we be left with charred or will we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done? Will we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done and in fact we will get better than we've been? We got good enough to destroy cash bonds. You don't have to worry about going to jail for some petty. We got smart enough to decriminalize marijuana. How smart are we going to be in the next 15 or 20 years to keep us ahead of this curve? So that much like when South Africa suffered apartheid, you had Andy and other politicians that could make sure that Atlanta said, Coca-Cola, we love you. But if you don't pull out of South Africa, we're going to leave. We're not going to drink Coca-Cola anymore. Coca-Cola jumped on their side and apartheid ended. So we have an opportunity now because I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your census so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was bullshit, put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that brings marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. I love and I respect you. I hate I don't have more to say. I hate I can't fix it in a snap. I hate Atlanta's not perfect for as good as we are. But we have to be better than this moment. We have to be better than burning down our own homes. Because if we lose Atlanta, what else we got? We lose an ability to plot, to plan, to strategize, to organize, and to properly mobilize. I want you to go home. I want you to talk to 10 of your friends. I want you guys to come up with real solutions. I would like for the Atlanta City Police Department to bring back the Community Review Board, one that Alice Johnson was formerly under, under Chief Turner. We need a review board here ahead of it before an officer does some stupid shit. We need to get ahead of it. That's my recommendation to my mayor and my chief. Let's get a review board, let's get ahead of it, and let's give them power. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need a dumbass president repeating what segregationists said. When you start looting, we start shooting. But the problem is some officers black and some people are going to shoot back. And that's not good for our community either. I love and respect you all. I hope that we find a way out of it because I don't have the answers. But I do know we must plot, we must plan, we must strategize, organize, and mobilize. Thank you for allowing me some time to speak. I'd like to appreciate our chief for what she said on YouTube. I thought it was very bold to do. 
I'd like to appreciate our mayor for talking to us like a black mama and telling us to take our ass at home. And I'd like to talk, like to thank my friend for convincing me to come here. And I'll defer to Joe Beasley now because he knows a hell of a lot more than we do. Thank y'all. <laughs>